Access granted. Welcome, nerd. Episode 31. Loading file. Error file missing. Error file missing. Backup protocol initiated. Best of 2018 movies. Loading file. Load complete. Don't be afraid of me. Incidentally, a can of crackers. Accessing episode 14. Ready player one. You spend your Easter in the movie theater? I did. I did. I did. That's not uh, a bad way to spend it. It was a very digital day for me. I bought a video game, you know. What did you pick up? Uh, Far Cry 5. Yeah, how was that? I haven't played it yet because I didn't have time after the movie. I was a little tired after the movie. Okay. Right? Downloads these days, man. 50 gigabyte games. But what? Well, well, okay. another we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe one day. Um. So... Tell me about Ready Player One. Um, well, this film is set in the year 2045, when much of humanity escaping the desolation of the real world uses the virtual reality software Oasis to engage in work and play. Wade Watts discovers clues to a hidden game within the program that promises the winner full ownership of the Oasis and joins several allies to try to compete or complete the game before in- uh, indentured players working for a large company run by Nolan Sorrento can do so. Um, very, very fun movie. And if you if you want to like take a thing, a film, or I say, should say, that embodies me as a person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, video games, eighties references, seventies references, all the kinds of music that I love, all just in one film. There you go. Big action pieces. So this was just Christian thrown yes. on the screen. I couldn't help but smile while I was watching the film. Was this perhaps the nerdiest movie you've ever seen? It's definitely up there. It's up there, right? I mean, it looked compared like to it. a classic sci-fi or anything uh-huh. like that. Yes, it was definitely playing to a nerd. So the plot sounds very much like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You could... I mean, there's no one guiding you through it. Okay. It's definitely there's like... There's not a host like Silly Wonka. There's like quests, you know. Okay. Um, this definitely does take. I understand. I haven't read the book. It takes different. It takes liberties with the types of quests that the character has to go on. It's more of a race rather than um, discovering like these kinds of '80s things that the creator of the game was into. I'm definitely gonna read the book uh, so I can learn more about that. And that's by Ernest Klein, correct? Yes. All right. And I, I have a few friends who are a huge fan of the book, and years ago they were raving about it. Wanting me to read it, but, mm. you know, who reads? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides comic books, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but now I totally want to pick it up before I see the film, mm. but, you know, probably not going to happen. I'll probably see this in the next couple weeks. 
So, and I'm hearing great things. Um, And you obviously feel the same? Yes. I mean, I do feel like there's relationships that bank off of you might knowing the film, I mean, the book a little bit more. Like, you'd probably feel more for those characters if you had read beforehand. But... Like, I feel like them meeting up and kind of stuff is kind of more rushed. But, I mean, it's cinematic. It's, what, it's the virtual movie. world is called The Oasis? Yes. Okay, so how much time do you spend in The Oasis and how much time do you spend in the real world? I would say it's a good um, 80-20. It's mostly in The Oasis. Wow. So is that, and that's all pretty much CGI? Yeah. The CGI work was great. And the way that they blended um, both real world and CGI sometimes was just phenomenal. Really? Okay. And I'm a CGI stickler. Uh This was phenomenal. They've been working on this film for a long time, too. So um, I'm not surprised. And you know Spielberg is going to take his Mm. time with it and make sure it's done right. Um, Did this feel like a Spielberg movie? It felt more like a classic Spielberg movie, I can tell you that, rather than the last few projects that he's worked on. Um, Okay. It was definitely, it's very, it was fun. I'll tell you that. It was a fun Spielberg film. Now, did this feel like nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia at times? Like, was there any moments that just didn't hit where they were just throwing things out there just for the sake of throwing it out there? Or did this nostalgia have a place in the story? It clearly has a place in the story because that's the creator of the Oasis is heavily, like, bases all of his things that he loves through the 80s. Okay. So everything felt like it had a right place. And then, so all the characters that we're seeing, like, because I've only seen the mm-hmm. trailers, obviously. So, like, you're seeing so many different references and stuff like that. You're seeing things like, you know, Chucky and, Giants. you know, Freddy and, you know, all these different, like, King Kong, I believe. Now, are those avatars for different characters? Like, in the um, movie, in the real world? Or are they just, like... Well, I mean, a lot of what you described is more of, like, weapons that they come across like um someone has a chucky bomb and you pretty much throw chucky at your enemies oh really just <laughs> well that's fantastic <laughs> um king kong is just like an obstacle that they have to get past in okay race. and then uh but someone is dressed as jason as their avatar oh really in the movie oh wow it's like I, short even, movie, I didn't even see that in the uh i don't think it's in the trailer but it's like there's um a big mountain and how I guess the hell did the they get all the rights to all these different like i they probably threw spielberg's name everywhere and that's how they got it wow but but you man think, too it's a free commercial for you in mm. a giant movie but yeah that's a lot but of the, licensing the to licensing is insane the amount of stuff that they were able to put in this film yeah i mean some of those characters like the joker looks very weird Okay. Like it's definitely not like your typical. Like they could have used the Arkham Asylum Joker, like they did with Harley, but they didn't. They just used the Harley model. Wow. So I didn't even know the Joker made an appearance. Oh yeah, he's there. Wow, awesome. That's exciting. I mean, you can be whoever. And well, I, guess that's I really, the point. yeah. And there's he's, <laughs> now I really have to see the movie. <laughs> I mean, they're making John Hughes references left and right with um, the costumes that he puts on and stuff like the main character okay like he's trying to figure out what he should wear to his like first date with this girl now is it like is it like he knows he's wearing like different outfits that yes. are John Hughes he's really? making different okay, references so, okay. when in the real world where are we time wise um it's like, the future it's the future okay yes and I mean that's one of my this isn't a, like an alternate reality where you know virtual reality actually I wouldn't like, say it's I think it's supposed to be a play off of our reality and like if we just okay. let everything go but it's a future mm-hmm. okay storyline okay I mean, story-wise, one of my issues, I guess, with that is, um, I mean, I haven't read the book, so again, I don't understand this society that much. It's just like how far they've let things just go out of control just to be in this virtual reality. It makes sense on some levels, but on others, I'm like, 
would they really give up all this, like... I mean, they're living literally in stacks of... Um, trailers. Trailers. On top of each other. So that's just covered all of the world is like No, that but much? there's plenty of places like this, apparently. Because I just always world. assumed, like, from the trailers, that was just that kid's, like, you know, mm-hmm. his, like, town. But that's, like, a I lot mean, of society. Yeah, society has continued to grow, and they've just gone up instead, but they've... They're allowed, all hooked. Yeah, it's just... Okay. It's just living walls. And there's trash all around that, always, uh, where he lives. Wow. I'm just like, oh, okay. Um... The company that's like the people trying to win in this, um, they they have all free reign. They have their own militia going after people. They have drones flying everywhere. And I'm like, where's the government regulations yeah. and all of this? <laughs> so are they going after people in the real world? Yes, are they going? They're making like camps almost, like um, as a way to like scam people in a way. They're like, you owe us this much like time in this world. You have to come live in this like facility. That, like, it's just a box and you have to work for them and wow. to pay off your, like, bills and stuff to them. So, like, are you paying it off in the real world or are you paying, you're paying it off, it off in, in the Oasis? In the Oasis. But, okay. I mean, you're still, like, strapped in a suit in one room. Just working for yeah. them. Wow. Okay. And the way that they have the, it's still, you're still using your own muscles and everything. Like, okay. it's, um, so like it's a work. track thing. It's real work. Wow. Okay. All right. So, th- this is a bigger story than I actually expected. From the sounds of it, mm, it's so. a pretty large story. It's just because um, they mean, really the didn't give you many story, story points, like mm. you know, in the trailers, you know, and it seemed like they were just kind of banking on a lot of the nostalgia mm. and everything like that. You know, you kind of got the whole virtual reality thing, but I didn't really, I didn't realize there was like a, a corporation that they're kind of battling against yeah. and everything. So that's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely like a kind of like rebel against society type of vibe going, vibe on. going on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wish they had saved the Iron Giant for the um, film and not the trailer, though. Really? Because, like, right off the back, they kind of teased, like, oh, yeah, I've been building the Iron Giant in my garage this entire time. Oh. Okay. Then it gets used at the end, and I mean, that's the big... Oh, movie. that's the big finale? Yeah. And that's, like, the first thing we saw, really, mm-hmm. in the trailer. So that's... Yeah, I can see that be disappointing. I will say, like, um, spoilers ahead and everything, um, showing, like, the Iron Giant fighting Mechagodzilla... And then having a Gundam warrior come down to fight <laughs> him, all of Mechagodzilla. Well, that's a nerd gas. <laughs> exactly. Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I need to go, like, tomorrow and see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, was there, you know, because we're obviously two different generations. Mm. You're in your 20s. I'm, I just hit 40. Were there any references that went over your head? I mean, you're pretty much submerged in pop culture like I am, so you know a lot of the retro and a lot of, you know. I'm sure there stuff. were probably like, um, there's probably horror movie references during the. There's a. Oh, you'll love the Shining scene. Oh, wow. They go into the Shining world, and but there's. Um, I think there's a couple references there that I probably missed. Okay. There's probably um, book references that I completely missed. Because this sounds like it's like layered you know with nostalgia and just it's basically like everything that this creator loved and Mm -hmm. they have to like figure out you know clues based off of his past and all the things that he loved to play his different um, realms that he's created to get these keys to unlock a door that will allow you to own (laughs) the company and stuff like that it sounds like a video game pretty much it is i mean it's a video game he wants you instead of it being so like um, an economy in a world, he wants you to actually just play a game. 
Now that's kind of his purpose and his point. Did was the plot predictable at all? Like, did you feel like you knew what was? It's going a on? typical. Hero. Was there any twist that like was thrown in there that you know? Because it sounds like a almost a mystery, you know, to me. Like, was there anything that you know surprised I think you when you sit there and you start watching? You're gonna immediately know where this is gonna be going. It's a, it's mm-hmm. an adventure story. It's a typical like. I would say it's a typical adventure story. The hero is going to win. You, okay, I mean, you there's know a that moment there's not where be dark, mm-hmm. you know, endings to this film. Like there could have been. Mm-hmm. There was clear points where it's like the main villain catches the um, the hero and has a gun pointed at him, but for some reason doesn't shoot. He just okay. decides I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not a killer and doesn't do it. And there was this perfect moment Interesting. where you could stop it. That seems like a heavy moment for you know <laughs> the main uh, antagonist to have. So. um... Okay, all right. Um, what would you rate this movie? Um, out of five, five. we'll do five. We only do four on uh, <laughs> on Twitter polls. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll give it a four. You'll give, give it a four. four. Okay, give it a four. that's it's strong. A, it's up there. I wish that the relationships, like um, the problem with the 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 love interests, it's kind of like they immediately are like falling in love with each other when oh, they really? see each other in real life. Her whole like issue with um, self-image, where it's like she had this birthmark at, um, at birth, but she's a, clearly an attractive actress with a very like small, tiny like birthmark. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, come on. I, I don't see him complaining either. When yeah, he you in real life, um, like I have to live in this virtual world because my hideous face. But she's this gorgeous supermodel exactly. with a little dimple. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. But so, but overall, mm. you know. Just not, was it like character building that you had? Was there anything else that you had issues with? Like, did you get enough time to know these characters in the outside world? I would say his friends are kind of forced on you real fast. Okay. Like, um, when, as soon as you meet them in the real world, you're just supposed to accept them and move on. It's okay. just kind of like, um, like, I won't spoil that. There's um, like a younger character that's apparently like this total bass in the game and you think it's an adult the entire time it turns out to be an 11 year old kid in real life okay but they just kind of like run up to him and they're like yeah i'm this person let's go oh okay and i'm like well would you really trust that at this point especially with like this whole government chasing after you and all this and stuff? you're like 11 yeah yeah <laughs> so but whatever <laughs> it just kind of happens real fast we're forgivable people mm. <laughs> so but four stars yes to get i mean to get through all of that, to get to the points where you really are going to enjoy and love everything, it's worth it. And to give it a four, I definitely suggest seeing it. If you just want to see a fun, lovable action film, this is a good one. And it sounds like it's like going to be totally like rewatchable over and over again. Yes, to catch it's everything. Yeah, and that's the kind of movie I mm. love. And it's definitely like, I want to be in the Oasis. It just sounds like a fun experience. And it definitely seems like something we're going to eventually yes in like five years maybe (laughs) the way technology is going i'll give it i'll give it 20 20 years to get 20 years to that level okay i didn't see the film so (laughs) (laughs) i don't think i have 20 years christian the way i'm going so (sighs) we need to get there sooner (laughs) now accessing episode 16 a quiet place i saw a movie yes you did two weeks ago hey (laughs) We don't blame you for talking about it now. We had so much wrestling to yes, talk about last a week. a lot of wrestling. We didn't want the show to be three and a half hours long. Because I think we almost went as long as WrestleMania yes. at and that point. I think if you listen to that episode, you can hear me falling apart. Yeah. As I get more and more <laughs> well, tired. We finished it like one o'clock in the morning, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. 
Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking a little less wrestling this episode. Mm. A little less wrestling. A whole lot more comedy. Yes, a lot, because we have a lot of catching up to do. Yes. So, but yeah, I saw Quiet Place um, two weeks ago. Did it suck? Um, no, it did not suck. Good. Okay. Let's move on. No. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to try to give a review without spoiling too much of the movie. Because okay. I feel like if you give too much movie, too, too much of the movie away, it'll ruin your movie going yes. experience. Damon's a better reviewer than I am. <laughs> well, especially for a movie like this. All right. So um, this is by Krasinski, um, Jim from The Office. This is his third film directing um he uh this was actually he actually wrote part of the script he had his hands on the script too um it's not his original script though this script was originally supposed to be part of the cloverfield uh universe so and after watching that movie and finding that out i could totally see how that would work Mm -hmm. um it does kind of have that vibe to it um but yeah so i i thought that was interesting um this was a very simple story but very clever and I think that's what audiences are really responding to, how clever the movie is. And it's just a different kind of movie-going experience overall, um, you know, which you don't get that much, you know, nowadays, especially from horror movies. Um, and this is definitely a horror movie. You know, people who are saying it's a suspense movie or a thriller movie can go fuck themselves, <laughs> all right? It's horror. It's like whenever a certain audience likes a horror movie, they try mm. to, like, hide the fact that it's an actual horror movie. And that they're liking a horror movie. It's a horror movie. So, um, so yeah. So, pretty much, this is all about a family. And it really is kind of a family drama, too. Along with a horror movie. It's kind of wrapped up in this movie. But, um, so, basically, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to read the little blurb for the movie. Go ahead. Giving you a brief summary. Uh, in 2020, most of the Earth's human population has been wiped out in just under three months. By an invasion of sightless creatures with hypersensitive hearing. The creatures are large, fast, and have a seemingly impenetrable armored shell. They use their hearing to locate and attack anything that makes a noise. And that's pretty much the setup. Um, They don't really go into the background, like how it happened, Mm. or what happened, or where these creatures are coming from. You're really kind of left in the dark. Exactly what happens. And the only way you find this information out in the movie is through like newspapers like laying around or some things that he has like scribbled on a chalkboard so um very video game either yes yes um and i've seen other movies do it before but the i mean the invasion happens it's fast you don't know if it's like otherworldly or if it's like something some experiment gone, gone awry but there's these giant creatures fucking shit up pretty much um and just it looks like this family is very alone. It's like almost like a dystopian like kind of like future that they're like living in. And but it's only like twenty twenty and it, it it takes place in like ninety days. Um so uh it really starts off with just a gut punch. It really sets up the fact that anything can happen, all bets are off the table, um, that they're a legit threat. So, I mean, the setup is great for this movie without going into depth in what they do. Um, but it really, you know, takes you, you know, into this film and gets you kind of wrapped up mm. in this family quickly, which is great. Um, the family chemistry is fantastic. 
especially if you consider the fact that you are getting to know these characters and really care about these characters with hardly any dialogue. Now, I was going to ask, how did they make like a workaround for more dialogue? Was there like a certain time that these beasts might come out more often? No. Um, they, there are, they use sign language a lot. They do whisper um, at points, um, but there's lots of subtitles on the screen too. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is through body language. Gotcha. So, and you get so wrapped up in this world that I was literally sitting there in the movie and I went to go like put down my drink and I caught myself putting my drink down slowly. <laughs> like I was worried that I was going to make a sound, you know? So you get very like wrapped up in this film and the whole concept very quickly. So that's well done to me. The sound design in this movie is fantastic. Um, I'm not sure who was doing it, um, but like the scores like there, but it's mm -hmm. not overscored at all. It's very quiet, obviously, at times. Um, and you're really kind of focused on like how this family is surviving this situation. Because it's like literally if they make any kind of noise, these creatures will come out of nowhere and just, you know, kill them. So, I mean, and they they do a masterful job of setting that up without saying anything, you know, within the first, like, five, ten minutes of the movie. Um, yeah, so, I mean, just this... Performance-wise, just superb acting, really. You know, like I said, the body language that they have to, like, you know, really use to tell the story is just fantastic. Um, so... Is there anything that's, like, driving them to want to live in, even, like, in this kind of future? Well, really... This is really, like I said before, it's kind of like a family mm -hmm. drama wrapped up in a horror movie. And it's really, to me, it was really more about parenthood and just trying to protect your children at all costs. So they suffer a big loss in the beginning of the film. Um, and then you skip, like, I think almost a year. I think there's a year time jump in this. And, you know, you're reintroduced to the family. They're on this farm. Um, that they have like totally set up to like keep them safe. They have this light system and they have like the walls. They use paper mache to kind of like muffle the walls and soundproof things, but it's still not soundproof at all. Mm. Um, you really get into the ingenuity of like how they're surviving everything. They use like sand on all the trails that they walk, um, you know, not to make any noise. Uh, there's times where it feels like, okay, the scenario is just impossible. There's no way that you could possibly survive this scenario. And it makes sense that the world was wiped out in such a short period mm. of time. But at the same time, it's like, how did this family survive this? Because I don't know about you, but like I snore. So like right <laughs> off the bat, you're, you're dead. That's a good there's point. Something, yeah. um, so, you know, the, the little things like that, there's moments that took me out of the film. was like, okay, well, how are you doing? The um, daughter, one of the daughters is dead. So she wouldn't even know if she was making noises, you know, at times. So, um, you know, which uh, her performance is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, it, you know, it, it adds a lot to the tension. But at points to me, it almost felt unbelievable <laughs> because it's like, how would you survive this, you know, under those circumstances? So, but, um, yeah, the um, it, it really, it's interesting because you really get into, like, how they're doing everything how they're surviving as much as you get into like you know these creatures you know surrounding them 
a lot of this, you know, as a parent, I was able to relate to like trying to having to protect your child and everything like that. It kind of puts you in their spot, you know, like I think, you know, and I don't know if it'll resonate with everyone. And obviously it's doing very well, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it will resonate on the same levels with certain people just because like as a parent, just putting yourself in that situation where, you know, how do you protect your children in this? You know, I mean, kids are kids and like there's only... I have a three-year-old. There's no way I'm going to be able to stop her from making noise. It's just not possible. So they they do a time jump, and it's like a year later, and they show the mom, I think she's like on a stepladder, and then they slowly reveal that she's like eight months pregnant. And you're, the whole audience that I was with just gasped because how would you have a baby in this situation? Like, how would you, you know, and like, how do you keep a child, like an infant quiet? You know, so there's just like, and after the setup of the beginning of the movie, there's just this anxiety, like around this whole pregnancy that's happening, everything. It's very well done. They build this anxiety up, you know, like there's one point where they introduce that, they, you know, they have a basement that they go into where they, you know, the father's working on this like hearing aid for his daughter. Um, and he's not allowing anyone else down there because there's a lot of different like equipment and stuff like that. So he doesn't want anyone to mess around and, you know, you know, make noise on accident. Well, they introduce this nail on one of the stairs. Like somehow this nail gets kind of pulled up, you know, on one of the Mm. stairs and that nail becomes like jaws, like the shark in jaws, like (laughs) throughout, you know, until, you know, you know, what's going to happen. But, like, they keep on kind of showing it, and it's in the back of your mind, like, oh, my God, someone's going to totally step on that nail. That's going to happen. So it's, like, this total, like, foreshadowing. <laughs> and you're just dreading this little tiny two-inch nail on a stair. Well, just because, yes, exactly, because that's all that it would take. You know, Legos being left on the ground. That's all <laughs> it would take in this movie. So they're eating things, like, on, like, they're not using plates or silverware. They're eating with their hands. They're, I think they're using, like, lettuce as plates in this movie because they don't want to clink the silverware on mm-hmm. the plates. So that's like, you know, like I was saying, it's kind of like, okay, like to a certain point, like, oh my God, like how would you survive yeah, in this situation? that hearing level is way too much. Yes. So, I, I mean, they obviously that. are, They there's a part where he like, not, we see in the trailers, he knocks over a lantern and they're able to kind of like survive that, you know. Um, so it's not impossible, but, you know, and they kind of, they do, they do a good job because, like, right away, it's like, well, how can't, why aren't they, like, digging, like, underground? Why aren't they doing, like, an underground bunker or something like that, you know? But then, like, if you're digging, you're making noise. So how, you know, mm-hmm. how would you even go around? Like, the soundproofing is done wisely because they're using paper mache because that you can just, like, paint that onto the walls. You can't nail anything in, you know? So it's just an impossible scenario <laughs> to survive. So you are on the edge of your seat. You know, from the very beginning of the movie, just like dreading. There's a sense of dread through this whole film of what's going to happen or what could happen. You know, especially with a pregnant mother walking around. Um, but yeah, um, it it does all those things really well. This is definitely a movie to see in the theater, um, especially because of the sound design and that whole experience. Like my theater was like dead people were not making any noise. I think they were kind of going through the same thing I was going, where you get so just like sucked into the movie and the scenario 
that you almost feel like you can't make a sound. It was the quietest theater I've ever like gone into. The um, jump scares, and there are jump scares in this movie, you know, besides, you know, this, this overwhelming tension that they've built, but the jump scales are all very like well-earned in this movie. They're not cheap, you know, which I really enjoy because some movies, yeah. especially horror movies, they overabuse the jump scare and everything, but these jump scares are legit and, you know, they're there for a reason. They serve a purpose. So. Uh, how was the monster design? I enjoyed the monsters. I liked the fact that for the first, God, three quarters of the film, you did not see much of the monster. At the end, you see more of it. And, you know, I wish they would have showed us less. I wish they would have mm. gone that route. Um, but yeah, the first like three quarters of the film, you don't see much of it. You see little glimpses of it. I thought that was very effective, um, not seeing much. I mean, what you do see of it, it's terrifying. Um, but overall, at the end, I felt it was a little too CGI. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I'm a huge practical effect guy, so I'm probably just being really hard on it. <laughs> Um, I understand why they went that route. It wasn't a bad design or anything once you get like a full close up on it. But, you know. It wasn't like I Am Legend with the zombies in that movie. No. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. No, 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 no. It wasn't anything that like took you out of the movie. Okay. But like, kudos to Krasinski. Um, just because, like, I've seen other movies where the main actor of the film is also the director, and you can almost tell mm. that they're the director. You know, like they're giving themselves like the biggest moments in the film and everything. Gotcha. His performance is very subtle, you know, and had to be in this film. But, you know, just the visual like storytelling in this movie that like it would have to take, you know, a director to pull off is just superb. Like he really did a great job of telling this story visually, um, you know, because I really can't imagine someone who has such little experience in film telling this story so well i mean it's just a masterful job of you know telling this story and getting everything on film that he needed to to convey this story but to like build this tension to like just a fever pitch you know what's going on in this movie at a point it's not confusing without the dialogue um you know when there is dialogue too he's done he did such a great job with it it was almost jarring you know they use this gimmick of like um a waterfall where he takes his son to this place where there's this waterfall, you know, so he can talk to him. And the whole reason, the, I guess the logic behind it was like too much sound. When there's a lot of sound, they can't pinpoint where you're at. So there was enough sound that he's underneath this waterfall where he could actually talk to his son. It's a really like touching moment. Um, and before that, they have this great moment between him and his daughter where you get a sense that he blames the daughter for what happens in the beginning of the film um, without any real dialogue going on. You know, it's really just in their body language once again. And you see the daughter's heartbreak as they go off. He chooses to go off just with the son um, and he just refuses to take her. Um, and you can feel that tension, you know, throughout the rest of the movie and everything. And there's these really strong moving moments that are happening you know, without a single word being spoken. Um, up to the end, you know, with that relationship where there's this, you know, just gorgeous, like, beautiful, like, story point between the two um, that's absolutely, like, heartbreaking at the end. So, um, that being said, 
the end of the movie was a little lackluster for me. I, it left me wanting more, which is usually a good thing, but it left me wanting more story-wise. You know, where I understand why they went the route that they did. It's a cool badass moment, but it felt a little too almost cliche. Um, You're basically, you know, you kind of see what's going on. There's like a predictableness that goes along with it. I know I'm being vague, but like I said, if I <laughs> hey, spoil, you're trying to... if I, if I, this movie is so easily spoiled and I feel like if I do spoil it, it will totally take you out of it. And I want everyone to have the same experience that I did in the film. So, um, due to that, I feel like it kind of took the movie down a peg for me. I know people are like going crazy for it right now. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is one of the best horror movies in years. Um, truly horrifying. It was a very good horror movie. Do I think it's one of the best horror movie in like years and like a decade, like some people are saying? Eh, it was good. Do I think it was great? No. It's innovative. It was different. And I think that's what's, you know, getting people so excited mm-hmm. about it. You know, it, that they really, truly explored a different storytelling style in this movie, you know, in this genre. Um, you know, and did it... S- just just this wonderful like craftsman like job with it um but yeah i i feel like this definitely is a movie that you need to go see in the theater um i don't know if it's a movie that i would revisit a lot mm. you know that's that's where i'm kind of at with is it. it going to go up on your wall like a poster or like well i have dvd like yeah you know with me and blu-rays that's not saying much so (laughs) (laughs) i've got a lot of crap up there on the shelf so and i'll be the first one to admit that um i have to collect like incomplete like you know whole like sequels Mm. and you know series of movies so um it probably will you know (laughs) but it'll be more of like me wanting to show it to someone else you know like i've got a few friends who I think would really enjoy this movie. So I wouldn't mind showing it to them just to like experience it with them and to hear their thoughts. Um, but I don't know if it's a movie where I would pull out on um, like a Saturday night and just watch it myself, you know, maybe in a couple of years or something like that, but it does stick with you. So um, if I had to give it a rating out of like five stars, I'd probably give it, uh, I'd probably give it like a good, like three and a half to four. I would say three and a half, gotcha. you know, um, you know, just like I said, just, it's such an impossible scenario. It's almost like almost unbelievable that they would even last this long because they're lasting over a year, like almost a year and a half or so. Like it's, it's a long time for these people to survive on their own. You know, um, it's very clever though, the way they go about it, but it's still like, oh my God, if you just stub your toe, you're dead. Mm. Like, you know, if you snore, how are you getting around this? So, and the fact that they had a child, whether or not it was on purpose or not, um, they do show this whole thing where they like, they built this, they somehow built like this almost bunker um, for the baby, like where the baby is going to live. Um, And they have a box that they're going to put the child in with like an oxygen mask (laughs) so it can breathe. Like it's outlandish. Like the the, is is he like a a scientist or a engineer? They don't. You have no idea. He has to be some kind of engineer. I'm assuming just because he's trying to work on his daughter's hearing Hearing aid. aid, Yeah. 
you know, um, which was, I'll spoil that. That's a touchy, there's a touchy moment at the end where she goes downstairs because she has this tension between like her and father. The, the relationship's definitely strained, but she realizes how much he really still loves her by like seeing the lengths he's going to fix her hearing aid. Like there's so much mm. like, you know, like he's been working night and day, you know, because I mean, it's for her survival, really. Yeah. You know, going deaf, like being deaf in this scenario, I mean, I can't, like, like I said, it's, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, living, you know, as long as they have. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, definitely check it out in the theater. Yeah. Definitely go see this movie. I mean, it sounds very interesting. Just, just for the experience. Now I could, I will say this though. This is a theater experience that could easily go awry. If you have an asshole in your audience... <laughs> He could screw up the whole damn movie for you. So, cause I was very, very lucky, you know, to see this movie. So I would almost recommend to go see like a matinee where the, you know, yeah. there isn't that big of a crowd. You know, I'm the old man who goes to the matinees <laughs> just because I don't want to deal with the audience. Um, go get brunch, then go see the movie. Yes, you know? exactly. Exactly. Because, my God, if there was someone in that movie or a baby in the audience... That would totally take you out of it because you get so absorbed in what's going on in this film um, that it would just be a disservice to, you know, have some schmuck take you out of it, you know, or some bad parents who's bringing their infant into this movie <laughs> or four-year-olds. And God knows I've had that happen before, you know. I think I saw Cabin Fever with like a group of six-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, okay. right? <laughs> well, no, I'm not surprised I went to Saw, um, well, Saw 3. And there was babies all in the front row. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. But I blame the theater, too. Like, why are you letting that, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Who knows? <sighs> Money's money, right? Yeah. Um, though my mom would sneak me into some horror movies. Yeah, but how old were you, though? You weren't, like, two or three. No, I was five <laughs> and up. So, but yeah. No, go see this movie. <laughs> Long story short, see the movie. Now accessing episode 24. Hereditary. So I saw a little movie. Oh yeah. This weekend. <laughs> <laughs> On top of everything else. On top of everything else. I believe you saw it too. Yes. Hereditary. Yes. Um. This is a horror movie that has had a lot of hype going into it. Um. So I was I was happy to find because at first mm -hmm. it felt like it was going to be a limited run and obviously they opened it up. Um, you know, it was in more theaters than I thought. So I was really excited that I was able to go see it. Yes. Um, cause at first I started looking up showtimes, like I think like three or four weeks ago and it wasn't going to mm -hmm. be in many like places. And I hate when that happens. Yes. Yes. And that happens cause this is definitely more, this was making the whole like festival rounds and everything like that mm -hmm. seem like more like an art house horror movie. Um, you know, which I love. But, yeah, I was really worried that I wasn't going to be able to catch this in the mm. theater. So the fact that it actually went to more of a widescreen release, I was excited about. Um, how did you feel about this movie, Christian? I will let you lead. <laughs> you know, I, I ended up leaving the theater enjoying it so much. And I think, like, when I was leaving, I saw the crowd's reaction. And they were all, like, kind of, like, excited about it. Mm -hmm. So... Seeing uh, most of the audience and online, kind of. I think it's hard when you, like, you know, trying to harsh. figure. I feel like it's just like a vocal minority mm -hmm. almost, though. Like you know, 
Yeah, that those loud few. Yes. Know. I you know, cuz I a lot of people I talked to really enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I've seen the comments too. Um, you know, and I, I can, think I think any time reviewers start comparing movies to like The Exorcist or telling you mm-hmm. this is the scariest movie you see, you know, and then for you know, of this decade, you know. Um, I think people are already ready to like pounce and, you know, just, you know, hate on a movie. So I'm not surprised by that. And that mm-hmm. seems to be a theme lately, you know, like the critics just completely disagreeing yeah. with an audience. Um, so I wasn't necessarily surprised. But yeah, and I, horror is so subjective too, oh yeah, you know, extremely. and the horror crowd is so fickle when it comes to movies like this. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. But no, yeah, I, I walked out of this loving it a lot. Um, there's so many different little subtle aspects of this film. You really, I just sit there, watch, and appreciate everything that's happening. A lot to absorb, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many. I really felt like just the style that the director, you know, took, like, you know, just the cinematography in general was just so masterfully done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, I mean, it made for a really enjoyable watch because you get completely absorbed mm-hmm. in this movie, like, frame for frame. Um, this was done by... Uh, Ari Esther, and this was his first feature film. Mm. I mean, talk about fucking impressive. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, if you told me like this guy had been making films for 20 years, I would totally believe it, you know. Um, this felt like a Polanski film to me at times, mm. um, you know, in more ways than one, but just the way it was shot, you know, not just even like story theme wise, um, just the, the framing of every scene. Um, the way he used like transitions and everything it just like from the beginning like it was just like this sense of dread you know and I really feel like that was all in just editing and pacing mm. and just framing of the scenes um, but you know I, well if anything they even make dread feel like it's their normal life yes and that like and there's parts where you start to forget just kind of like little messed up things that she said at the beginning of the film and it becomes like oh wait a minute this isn't this isn't right this isn't normal yeah right yeah (laughs) it feels like two like in two really the way that they put this film together you know it almost felt like the first half of this movie was much more like a psychological like Mm -hmm. thriller you know horror movie kind of and then the second half of the movie is just very much your classic horror story you know um but i it really took you on a ride you know it was a roller coaster we're trying to go light on spoilers (laughs) here um like the movie annihilation which we reviewed you know this is something that you months ago this is definitely a movie you need to experience for Mm -hmm. yourself um this movie is an experience this is a movie to see like in a crowded theater um you know to see on the big screen um, not that this movie won't, you know, have the same effect on you, hmm. um, on you know, on Blu-ray or something. But you know, and effect is what I want to get over. This movie affects you because, <laughs> like, throughout the entire movie, you know, it just was so off-putting, and it was really just, you know, in a good way, hmm. um, just because it didn't fall into a lot of, you know, those typical horror tropes you know they were there yes but just storytelling wise it was so different the mm. you know the just the whole you know approach to this movie yes, was I different was very happy that like 
all those tropes are there, but at the same time, they took them in a different direction mm-hmm. that was completely not, like, that's the way that this is advertised, the way that it's shown, I was completely thought it was going this way. You know, yeah. this typical, every every other kind of horror movie that we've seen way, and it goes just diagonal. Exactly. It follows the same path, but it's just a little bit different. Because really, I mean, and I think what makes this movie different is the family aspect mm. of it. It's just, you know, that it really opens up and it's really focusing on this family. But it's really, it feels like, you know, you don't, you're not quite sure about this group of people. And they do all kind of seem miserable. Mm. Um, you know, there's this huge theme of grief and like loss that's going on through especially the first half of the movie where you're watching this family trying to wrestle with like the loss of this like matriarch of the family Mm -hmm. um and they just all don't really know how to feel the relationship was not healthy whatsoever um you're finding things you know throughout the movie you know just in like you know just through happenstance through conversation Mm -hmm. You know, that just totally like, you know, like, wait a second. What did she just say? Exactly. You know, um, you know, there's exposition that's, you know, said throughout. And all these movies need exposition. But I love the way that they did the exposition because it would just come up in subtle ways in conversation. And it would just like, you know, like they'd be talking about one thing and all of a sudden, you know, the mother would throw one line out, you know, mm-hmm. about something that happened in the past and be like, holy shit, what? <laughs> You know, where you just, like, almost be awakened by it. Like, yeah. you'd be like, whoa, what What did she just say? Um, you know, just masterfully done. Um, and just really kind of, like, helped with that, like, just that mood of just, you know, dread and creepiness. Like, wait, something's not right here. <laughs> um, all these performances were just stellar. I mean... I will complain about one thing. Okay, go ahead. I did not like the teenage son's crying. It really? Like the one See, thing that upset me. It just felt real to me though. It yeah. felt like like an actor trying to cry. Really? Okay. Times. That's that was the only thing that took me out. I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind it. You know, I just felt like uh, the end scene where I, I once again we're trying to <laughs> when he starts to like say mommy, like that like got to me, you know, at the end where he was just you know, just trying anything, you know, and just mm. in a situation of like no return. And he's just crying, you know, um, his heart out, literally, you know, trying to reach his mind. I just, I don't know, that got to me, you know. Um, and really, you think about it, he he had the most, you mm. know, like him and the mom really had the most going on. Like, he, he, through the trailer and everything, it's really misleading, like, who the focal, focal yeah. point of this movie is. Um, you know, he carried a lot of this film. You know, so I, I don't know. I, I was okay with him. I really was. Like, overall, it was fine. It was just, like, there's one moment where he, I think he screams, and it sounds like it's coming straight out of, like, a comedy instead of, mm-hmm. on, like, a horror film. So, and there was people in my crowd that had that same, because I hear him giggling. Really? So it's just like, okay, this is... And that, too, like, when you hear that, that mm-hmm. crowd reaction, that also, because I've had that happen to me where it can take you out of a movie, too, so... I don't know. I, I guess I bought it more as the you know, authentic performance, mm-hmm. but I could see where you're going with that. You know, it just felt like more real because of that. You know, that mm. <laughs> you know he's not trying to like put on any airs. You know, he's terrified. So I guess that's you know what I got from it. Um, Tony Collette though, holy shit, man! If she was nominated for the Sixth Sense, and I'm not like putting down her work mm. in the Sixth Sense. You know, I thought that was a phenomenal acting job. 
there should be no reason why she's not nominated for this I like this portrayal way better. Yes. Me. When she suffers a great loss, you know, um, you know, halfway through this movie. Oh my God. Mm. You know, and there's so much pain. Yes. And she's on the ground and she's just screaming at the top of her lungs. And you just, Mm. it was just gut wrenching. It really was. Um, it, this movie just takes you places that you're not expecting at all. You know, I mean, I don't know. And I, the, the trailer and the promotion of this movie does such a great job of just kind of keeping you in the dark, you know, just giving you a little taste, mm. but not like really letting you know what's going on. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that performance. And, you know, even Gabriel Byrne, I thought did a great job as this like kind of stoic, you know, you know, father who doesn't know what the hell is mm. going on and just trying to keep things together. And, you know, but you, you kind of start seeing the cracks you know, throughout the way and, you know, him trying to just really be the glue for this family. Oh, him, the way that he holds himself together throughout most of these moments, I'm like, there's no way I'd be flipping out right now. Uh-huh. There's uh-huh. no way. Yeah, yeah. And you're hearing, you and through, you know, just different dialogue, you hear, you know, you know, oh, they did have a rough patch and everything, because he really just seems like the best husband in the world, like mm-hmm. the world's greatest husband. Um, you know, to be dealing with everything. Oh, yeah, that's everything's going on. kind of said in like passing. It's yes, just... yes, but it's all it's so off putting the way mm-hmm. it's said and everything. You know, the um, uh, Tony Collette's character um, just lets out all this information in this like support group mm. that <laughs> just like you know your jaws on the ground. You're like, what did she just fucking say? You know, you're expecting this moment that you've seen a million times in horror movies. And then she just drops all of this, like, family history on you. And it just, like, it was just the way she did it and the way she just matter-of-factly, like, said it just Mm. felt, like, so, like, I don't know, just, you know, took me aback, you know. Um, You know, almost as much as, like, some of the bigger scenes that happened in the movie. Like, holy shit, this family really is fucked up. (laughs) You know, this Mm. isn't just a crazy, like, you know. Well, it's hereditary. Yes. Right? (laughs) Roll credits. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, my God, Ari Aster though is going to, you know, he's going to have Hollywood knocking on his mm. door, you know, and he wrote the script too. Okay. So this is, you know, all his work, all his doing. So, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of nods to other horror movies in this, you know, but to me, it was more honoring those movies. It wasn't just like, oh God, you know, we've seen this before, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, like, callbacks to movies like, you know, Rosemary's Baby. Definitely Rosemary's Baby. Mm. Um, a lot of Omen stuff, you know, a lot of little exorcist nods and everything like that. But just enough, you know, because there's sometimes where movies do that where it's like, okay, I've seen that shot, that very shot before. Mm. Um, but this was just enough of a tip of a hat to those movies, you know, where you kind of really, you know got a little chuckle out of it mm. and it really just actually lent you know helped the story along um you know i thought the soundscape of this movie yes yeah, sound was very important like don't go to your cheap theater <laughs> yes get somewhere that at least has surround sound speakers yes because they did a great job with mm. the sound design i mean really i mean so much of this movie is editing and sound you know, you would be doing yourself a disservice to mm. see it, you know, in a cheap theater, really. Because, I mean, 
the music was like a character in the movie. It was very subtle at points. And sometimes there would be no music and less is more, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's other points where, you know, it just, you know, became the scene almost. Um, You know, so the sound meant so much for the movie. And I really enjoyed, too, like his transitions between scenes. You know, like she makes these like insane models, right? Mm. And like from the opening scene, like you feel like you're in like the models mm. at times. And the way that they framed some of those shots, they, I mean, they had this beautiful house and like yes. it had these really like tall ceilings. Mm. So it really made you feel like you could be in one of these models. And they really did set it up all by that opening shot. But it really, just the way that they use space and everything. Yeah, it constantly goes back to that. Yes, yes. Though I was expecting there to be a little bit more room play. Okay. I okay. Went, especially with the way the trailer was showed. I thought they were going to do that more often, where it was going to be like, they'll show um, a room, and then they'll be in there, the camera. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, you just, know, I'm, they don't. They didn't need to do that no, whatsoever. No, no. That's I, just something I expected. I think it almost helped not having that much, because it mm. still felt like the way they would shoot things, and like having all this open space in these shots, because it was such wide, there's mm. so many wide shots, but having all this open space, like we've been trained as an audience, you know, especially like if you're a horror fan, that open space means something's fucking happening, <laughs> you mm. know, right? Um, and to have all this open space, but, you know, really just being focused on these characters in the middle of it, but just, you know, you almost, it almost lends itself to that, like, sense of dread, you know, in your mind, because you've been trained to, mm. like, okay, something's showing up in this open space, there's a reason why they're giving you this wide shot, um, but, I mean, and sometimes some things did, you know, but when they did, it was so subtle that sometimes you did, like, for me, like, I wouldn't notice it right mm. away, and then I was like, holy shit, what's that? Um, you know, a lot of moments like that. Um, I, like I said, we're trying to stay light on spoilers <laughs> here. Um, um, this film is definitely more, I would say, unnerving rather than jump scary. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and maybe for an audience that, you know, gets off on like mm. jump scares. And I enjoy a good jump scare flick. You know, I really do. Um, but this is definitely more of your like 70s slow burn movie you know this the runtime's like over two hours really yeah i I mean watching it i didn't feel that way i didn't feel that way either i heard some people complaining about it and you know if that's not the type of movie you know you're into you know this probably isn't the movie for you i mean horror movies are so subjective you know what scares some people does not scare others but this is the kind of movie that i get off on i love these type of movies and don't get me wrong i love a good slasher movie you know christian can attest to Mm. you know we're sitting in my basement covered with you know halloween posters and friday 13 posters but these are the movies that actually get to me you know um you know this movie infects you and it stays with you um i was thinking about this movie for you know the next couple days afterwards um you know i'm still thinking about (laughs) this movie because there's subtle scenes that happen in this Mm. movie that at the time because everything's so you know just off-putting you don't really, you know, it doesn't really uh, absorb, mm-hmm. you know, into your consciousness. But then later on, it like comes back and it's like, holy shit, what about that scene? You know, um, I don't know, man. I really, really enjoyed this mm-hmm. movie. I really did. Um, you know, uh, I just, you know, I, it's unfortunate too. like I saw like it did OK in the theaters. Um, not great. And it wasn't open nearly. It was like, I think like. Deadpool and Solo yeah. and you know those movies all trounced it but 
you know, for the amount of theaters it was uh, in and, you know, for the kind of promotion it got, mm-hmm. it still did well for itself. I'm okay. sure it had a small budget, um, but I feel like this is the kind of movie that should have a bigger second week, you know, just because of, like, word of mouth. Word of mouth, okay. You know, but, you know, hearing, you know, so many haters out there and everything, you know, I think that's unfortunate. <laughs> you know, I feel like it's, you know, that's not going to help it at all. No. Um, but... I just hope it gets a good buzz and everything. Because this is definitely, you know, if you're a horror movie fan and you're a fan of those types of movies, those, you know, those 70s movies where just, you know, in the 70s, you know, they didn't have that cookie cutter of like, this is what a horror movie is. Mm -hmm. You know, directors were like outlaws and they could really do whatever the fuck they wanted, you know, like Polanski, you know. Um, And this was very much in that vein. So, I mean, if those are your types of movies and you love movies like that, I mean, this is the movie for you, you know? Because really, you think about the script, it's nothing you haven't seen before. No. You know, it's really about the way they deliver it to Mm. you, though. Um, You know, the structure that they put around it. Because story point-wise, we've seen all this stuff before. Um, But that's what kind of makes it fun Mm. to me, you know? It's just like... Here, like we can take these topics that you've seen in a lot of cheesy B movies, but we can, you know, show it to you in this different way where you take it seriously and it can seriously fuck with you and get into mm-hmm. your psyche where you believe this shit. Um, I don't know, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> Have I said I like this movie? <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm at, if you were to give it a five star rating, I mean, a star rating out of five. That's okay. Why, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what would you give it? I'm going to go five. All right. I'm going to go five. I don't think I've gone five before. Maybe Infinity War I went five? Maybe? I think so. Okay. Pretty sure you did. Okay. That was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to give I'm going to give five. I can be pretty hard on horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love it when I'm when I'm given something different. You know, this was refreshing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to settle with a 4.5. Okay. But it definitely it your five star rating is not wrong. No, uh-huh. not in the same straight. It's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Go see this movie. Yes, def- definitely check it out. Definitely see it in theaters. I mean. I'm a theater junkie, I know, but mm-hmm. please go see it in theaters. No, this is a movie that needs to be experienced. You know, if you've got a group of friends that are horror movie fans, go see this movie. This is a movie that you'll talk about like afterwards mm-hmm. with them. Um, and you can really just sit down and really analyze and, you know, just have a just a great time, you know, discussing. This is what film for me is about. You know, it's, you know, going and experiencing it with a group of people and, you know, really getting into it and just that, like, minutia of the film itself. So, you know, I live for a film like this. So, go see it, guys. Go see it. (laughs) (laughs) Support horror movies. (laughs) If you don't go out and support horror movies, we're not going to get them. God knows. And then we can't talk about it. Yes. We've had years droughts without, you know, (laughs) any good horror movies. So, I mean, please go see this movie if you're a horror fan. Now accessing episode A. Black Panther. On to the real main event. Yep. Black Panther was released this weekend. And it was really, really good. Yes. Really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it, folks. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Have a good night. We're out. No. Um, it, was, it was amazing. It was an amazing film. It made all the money. <laughs> it made all All the of money. the money. <laughs> Ridiculous amounts wow. of money. 
Holy crap. Like, I knew it was going to be big. And I mean, I think we talked about this in the previous. Yes. We knew it was going to be big. The projection for that was just $165 million. Yeah. And, well, and then I think last minute it went up to, like, it possibly could hit 190 but then it did over 190 right? 201 was the official Jesus. for just that weekend, and then it was 235 once That's they Last the Jedi money. money. Mm-hmm. My God. I don't think they could have seen that coming. No, they could not. And it's not slowing down. Not it's going to make more and more money. <laughs> so it'll be in the theaters for a while. So I'm def- I'm going back and seeing mm. it next weekend. Especially after that reception, it's going to get up there. It's going to hit that $600 million. Yeah, I mean, I went on a on Friday at like, a, I think it was like 12 o'clock or something mm. like that. And a, it was a small theater that I, I've been to a million times. And it's never packed for the matter. This theater was packed. And the, it was like, there weren't just like, you know, like, you know, immediate families there or a couple people here and there like me. Mm. Um, There were like generations of family there. So it was really, really cool to see. Um, there were actually people like dressed up in like African garb, like taking pictures mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, you know, cause I saw a few posts on the internet, like really that's actually, a... and it was legit. Like this was actually like at the theater I was at, it was happening. There were kids dressed up like the Black Panther there. You know, and you saw that actually after Civil War, there were people that were doing that with their kids. They would have the African garb, but also the kid would be in the Black Panther costume. So it's great to see that it exploded. Yes, yes. Just how much this movie meant mm. to so many people, you know. It really was like, you know, a, you know, social event. You know, something that matters. Um, and something that was relevant to the times, which you don't get that mm. much nowadays with films. So um, tell me what you thought of the movie, man. Um, so I'm going to start by first saying this movie was amazing. Okay. It didn't blow my mind the way that the reviewers were trying to tell me. Okay. But anyway, still, it's still one of the best Marvel movies I think they've ever made. Okay. And it's definitely up there for me. And we're going we're gonna to get into even more what we think are the best Marvel movies later. Yes. But, yeah. I absolutely love this film. Mm-hmm. From start to finish, I thought it was a great standalone story. Uh, didn't need to be tied to anything. You really got to feel of Wakanda... All the different elements, yeah, all the different tribes. It was, it was just so well done. Yes, I mean, just very, just beautiful storytelling, mm-hmm. too. I mean, I, that's the one thing that you know, for me, I think it was the best translation um, from page to film um, that I've seen yes. from a comic book, you know, to to a movie. Um, I just, I really like certain like Iron Man was very close, um, but this just overall. Like, just, this was what this movie had to be and needed to be. Mm. And they did it. I mean, this, and I'm not a huge Black Panther fan, like, in the comic book world. Mm. You know, I I, I might have read a handful of his, like, solo books, you know, here and there. Like, I was big into his, like, Hell's Kitchen run. But, you know, for me, you know, him being a king is just kind of unrelatable. But um, this made me want to go out and get, like, Black Panther books. Mm. I mean, I've always been a fan of him in, like, a team-ass, you know, dynamic. But, yeah, no, this, you know, got me excited for Black Panther. You know, I want to read more Black Panther now. Um, Just, I don't know. It was just so well done. I mean, Ryan Coogler just knocked it out of the park again. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about the performances. Um, Who stole the show for you? It's hard, right? <laughs> it is. It's a hard question. I'm going to stick with Chad. Chadwick? Or is that... 
I could pull up the names for you, Christian. <laughs> yes, yes you're right. Um, I I'm gonna stick with him because he did such a great job. I love even that opening moment where it's um I never freeze and he immediately freezes when he uh-huh. sees um his uh, his axe. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a great performance through and through. Not a scene was wasted in this movie no. either. You know, um, the characters all resonated and they all had great moments. Mm. They all had something to do on screen. No one was there just to be there. So, I mean, you fell in love with a lot of these characters and they're all well layered. You know, not any of them were one dimensional, mm. I felt like. Um, Suri for me, I mean, she was everything. You know, just a great character. Um you know, stole so many scenes that she was in and, you know, you just wanted to see more of her. Mm. Um, Michael B. Jordan, you yeah. know, I mean, is he the best Marvel villain of all time? Is it like him and Loki neck to neck? I guess. But you know? There's more I have to say about the villains in Marvel. Okay. In general. It's just... As a... Spoilers, by the way. Okay. Once again, our villain is killed off. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why. <laughs> you want to, I really, you know what? There was a point where too, where I thought he was going to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought would have been interesting. I mean, there's always a chance he, you know, he got killed, they bury him, and he comes There is, yeah. But, there is many ways. It is Marvel. You know, it is a comic book <laughs> movie. But that doesn't seem to be the way, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we were introduced to this whole spiritual plane thing, too. You know, where all the former Black Panthers exist. Mm-hmm. So he might be existing, you know, out there. I'm sure we'll get him in a flashback at least yeah. at some point. But I I could have done, and this is a criticism, I could have done with about five more minutes exactly. of Killmonger. Yeah. I could have done with both Killmonger and Claw. Claw I was, was, right? <laughs> he was phenomenal in the film. And he's just so quickly killed off. Yeah, but he had his moments... He had his moments. I, I don't know if I'd wanted to see him through the whole movie. He could have ran away. He could. Oh, oh I, I, I'm fine <laughs> with him surviving. Yes. But he was just, I mean, Andy Circus, just, you know, him not with like, you know, the whole like, you know, mocap thing mm-hmm. going on. Like actually just seeing him, you know, get to be on screen as himself and just he seemed like he was having a blast. Yeah, he killed it. Yes. Yes. You know, just so much charisma. I mean, he doesn't need any CGI to get over. <laughs> that guy is just fantastic. I want to see more of him, you know, just as him in the movies. Um, just a great portrayal of, you know, a so-so, you know, villain in the mm-hmm. Marvel Universe. Um, I really, really enjoyed his performance. So, but yeah, I mean, every scene for me, like, was well done. Like, all the action scenes, the chase in uh, mm-hmm. Korea... I mean, even though we saw it, like, they used that over and over again in the trailer. I was still on the edge of my seat the entire time. This whole movie was just well-paced, mm-hmm. you know, and just their use, the creative use of, like, the technology and stuff. There's things that I've never seen before in a movie. Like, I loved everything with, like, you know, um, Suri, like, taking over the vehicles, yes. you know, with the whole, like, you know, um, whatever reality and, uh, machine that she was using. Yeah, I, I loved all the, like, the vibranium in everything. Like, you could, like, see the grains of it. You could, like, when they have the little holograms and it makes the people. It's all vibranium uh-huh. behind it, just bubbling and making it. Yeah. And I thought that was such a unique way of doing that. Yes. Just extremely clever and, you, and just different. You haven't seen that before. And I, already, I always get excited about 
movies where they're showing me something new. So, um, I yeah. don't know how to pronounce this. Uh, Akoi. What was her name? Akoi? You're talking about Michonne? Yes. <laughs> Akoi. Yes. Yes. It, another, once again, absolutely phenomenal performance. Yes. Yes. And she was something they showed in the trailers a lot, but I didn't know how much her exactly. character would have to do, you know, in this movie. And she was another uh, scene stealer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was a true badass. Like, you felt like she could take out the Black Panther if she really wanted yes. to. Um, you know, and it, this movie wasn't only just empowered for, like, African Americans. It was empowered for, like, females in general. Because mm. every female... Like, I mean, everyone was surrounded was, by... Yes, by just strong powerful women. women. And they, time. you know, they stole the show half mm-hmm. the time. So really, I mean, Suri's um, intellect is up there with Iron Man. If exactly. Not, you know far you know seceding like where you know tony stark is mm-hmm. um so i i, I just want to see more and you know in the comics surrey actually ends up taking over the black panther you know mantle so i don't think that's going to happen anytime soon no, i think but you know it'd be really <laughs> cool if it did mm-hmm. you know i could see that happening or teased at least i wanted to float this button as a way to even like it won't happen mm-hmm. as a way to even jump start it i see Tony Stark becoming extreme, like with them putting this information out to the world, their tech. I see Tony Stark becoming extremely interested in Shuri. Oh yeah. What if you got a Wakandan Ironheart? That'd be cool. I, I, you know, with the way the movie ended, hmm. I almost felt like I could see, you know, because they go to Oakland and they open up the uh, Science Youth Outreach yeah. program. That's I awesome. almost felt hmm. like, you know, you would get like a Riri Williams, you know, through that, you know, like you would have her introduced in that way. That might be a great could, way to do it. You know, because in in the comics, you get um, Ironheart is actually, I think, I don't know if she's being mentored by Tony or she wins a scholarship or yeah. something like that. Tony, like somehow gets interested. She builds her own Iron Man mm. suit on her own without Tony's help. And that kind of, you know, gets them connected. So... I could almost see that. I think that would make sense in this world. So that is a good idea. I could definitely see that. Um, I feel like she is going to have a lot to do in uh, Infinity oh, War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially since we're seeing a lot of that, mm. you know, a lot of the teasers right now in trailer taking place in Wakanda. I feel like you're going to, which is awesome to me too, because I was like thinking, I was like, oh man, we're going to have to wait so long <laughs> before we get like a part two mm. of this. But we're getting in a couple months. We're going to be in Wakanda. You know, we're getting Black Panther. We're getting these characters. Why do you think we're in Wakanda? That's a good uh, question. Well, well, we know that Captain's probably with the way the the movie... And we're totally getting off track. I know, but but, I have have a point. Okay, okay. Um, I could... Maybe... Maybe there's a gem there? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So maybe they have have like a connection with the soul, being able to go to this plane. What if there is a gem there that's hidden underneath somewhere? I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I think that's been kind of rumored too, the whole Mm. soul gem thing. Um, Because I don't think we know where the soul gem is. That's the one one gem that we're missing right Mm -hmm. now. So that's definitely a strong possibility. It would make sense. Um, especially with the whole, like, you know, cosmic, you know... Because I don't feel like Thanos is just randomly showing up in Wakanda to fight them. No. I, you know, if they don't go that route, I can see just because, you know, the Winter Soldier's there, so Captain America's going to show up to, mm. you know, 
get, you know, help. And then somehow he recruits Wakanda's armies, you know, so they could go that route too, but it would be much more interesting if the soldier was yeah. there. So I don't know. We'll see, <laughs> but let's get back to this yes. movie. So I just, you know, I love the social commentary through this whole movie. And I know a lot of people were a handful of trolls. I shouldn't say a lot of people. I feel like that gets done up a lot on the internet. We're like, well, a lot of people are saying this. Well, it's just a handful of assholes. But a lot of people are complaining like, oh, it, you know, it's too preachy and blah, blah, blah. And there's too much of a message. And, you know, to me, like, this is a superhero movie. That's something that people are saying. Mm -hmm. Oh, this, you know, I don't want to have to think during my... When these movies are done right and when these books are done right, there is a message. This, to me, once again, this is modern mythology. So when these books are done right, they do have a message and they could have, you know, a strong message like this one does because this message is very timely. <laughs> so, um, you know, just that end scene, you know, mm-hmm. where he's, you know, making that speech in the UN and he's kind of, you know, introducing the world to the real Wakanda, you know, where she, he brings up, you know, um, you know, wise men build exactly. bridges, yeah. you know, not walls, you know, fools build walls. So obviously <laughs> we know who he's aiming that comment at. Um, you know, and I understand why maybe some people were upset about that. Do I care? No, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Just great. I did see those complaints where they thought this is too politically charged for a comic book movie, but it's like, get over it. It's the reason we, we love comic book stories and the stories that get remembered forever are the ones that actually have true meanings and powerful things behind them. A message, you know, and a well, like the themes throughout this whole movie, you know, you have the whole father son dynamic. Mm. You know, you have him, you know, really trying to come to terms with the, the sins of his father. Mm. And that's something I was not expecting at all oh, yeah. in this movie. I did movie. not expect his uh, father to have done something so... Once again, they, like, they really kept, like, a lot of this story under wraps. You mm. know, they gave us enough trailer to, you know, keep us going for and getting us hyped for the last, like, six months or so. But they kept a lot of huge story elements under wraps, which I really love. You know, I love that when a movie surprises me and I don't know where it's Mm. going. You know, the fact that his father, you know, did something so, you know, horrendous, you know, I mean, you understand, you know, why or why. But the fact that, you know, he kind of he created Killmonger, you know, Mm. and that. He's the one, he's one of the many Black Panthers, you know, kings who are kind of keeping Wakanda on its own, you know, and, you know, finally, you know, at the end, you have, you know, uh, T'Challa, you know, having this big moment on the spiritual plane, facing his father and telling him, no, you're wrong and you're all wrong, you know, that this was not the right decision, that we need to be out there in the world. We need to be helping people. We can't be alone just protecting Mm -hmm. ourselves, you know. We, you know, Killmonger is the perfect representation for, you know, all of, you know, what African-Americans were going through, you know, the fact that they all feel abandoned, you know, um, by, you know, what this nation of Wakanda has done, um, if they knew about it, of yeah. course. So, I mean, it just, it, it just was perfect pitch, really, you know, this whole movie. I really, really enjoyed how well layered mm-hmm. it was. So, um, CGI was definitely spotty. Um, at points, yeah, especially there are certain throws where um, the final battle when they're falling, you know, <laughs> between Killmonger well, and that didn't actually bother me. I you thought know it really looked, got it looked me? like a video game to me. <laughs> you know what really got me? Hmm. The um, so he's doing the uh, the crowning ceremony, 
mm-hmm. and half like there's a cutoff point where half the crowd is pretty much CGI uh-huh. and the rest is just normal. I was yeah. Like, what? Just just put real people. Yeah. It really bothered me. I could tell because there was a slightly different lighting on them. Uh-huh. It was just all just kind of weirdly funky. You could just, especially I, I saw it in um, uh, 2D IMAX. So oh, okay. I'm seeing this on this giant screen, and I'm like, I can literally see the line. See, I saw on a pretty crappy people. screen. <laughs> <laughs> I go to this theater just because there aren't always that many people there, as mm-hmm. I was, you know, stating before. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised by the fact there were so many people there, but I didn't pick up on that. But I've actually heard other people complain about that scene. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of weird that that would be an issue in yeah. this big of a movie because I know it had the budget for it, but. Maybe they just felt like the story was enough to carry it through. But, you know, bad CGI always throws me off, mm. you know. I mean, that final battle could have meant so much more. I I really, I just, that fall when they're, like, battling and everything totally looked animated to me. Like, completely animated. It was near the level of Spider-Man 3 when they're fighting down by the trains. Yes, and I've seen side-by-sides where people have actually used Spider-Man oh, really? 3 as a comparison. So it's funny that you actually brought that up. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. And that movie took place, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So, I, I, mean, I mean, we're in a better place technology-wise. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, I mean, it didn't Their take... Their CG team is a little busy right now, working on something else. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Disney has all the money. Though, I know. So. They do have all the money. It's okay, though. I forgive them, because mm. the movie was just that good. You know? I mean, it really, really was. I maybe some people just aren't sticklers for... Things like that. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I don't know. I expect a studio to be a stickler, too. I would... Well, not well, not Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll hire whoever. Uh-huh. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Any 13-year-old with a computer. Jeez. So, but yeah. No, I mean... Just looking... Like, I'm, ha- I'm actually having to look at the list of actors because there were so many great actors. Um, you know, Forrest Whitaker was fantastic mm. in this movie with... You know, he didn't have much, but... He had a lot more than I expected, yeah. you know, character-wise. You know um, what I really like about that is that each character had, like, a small arc through it. Mm-hmm. And they were all completed. There was no, like, loose ends anywhere that I felt. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all such strong performances. Exactly. And we knew that looking at this cast. Mm-hmm. We knew they are going to... But it's whether or not you have the script to support all these great actors. You know, give them something to do. And they did that. They really did. Um, I think the only character I didn't know if there was any purpose for their being there was Everett K. Ross. Yes, that was interesting. And it felt like he was kind of there just for like almost the comedic aspect. Yes. So, um, Which is fine. It's good to throw in some laughs there, here and there, but mm-hmm. he did mm-hmm. have a great moment with the piloting of the ship. Yeah, that could have been a different character, yeah, though. Yeah, it could have been anyone. So, but I get it. I mean, I guess they kind of set that up with Civil War, so... Mm. You know, and that's before Coogler, I think, was on Black Panther. So maybe he felt like he had to, you know, bring that character in. I guess it was a tie, but... You know, I wouldn't so. have even thought of it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't have missed it if it was going, Hey, whatever happened to that character? Yeah. Like, I didn't need him technically past when Claw died. Yeah, like after the casino? Yeah. I didn't need him at all. So, I mean, he did have a nice moment, and he did bring some light humor into a pretty, like, you know... You know, at that point, we think, you know, Black Panther is dead. We think, you know, T'Challa's bit in it, but even though we know that he's not. Mm. Um, so it's a pretty, like, heavy, heavy scene going on, and he kind of brings, you know, some levity. 
So I guess maybe that's why that was really his true function. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't need some old white dude shooting mm. down planes, you know, at that point in the movie. So, um, uh, I mean, all my other gripes are really tiny things, like like no blood. <laughs> yeah, in Baku though, I love that character. Um, you know, who's basically Manape in the comics. Oh yes. You know, I thought that was fantastic. That I mean, because he's just a straight up, you know, kind of one dimensional villain to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and a little ratio, like just I don't know. A little insensitive, like, you know, where they, I think Marvel's kind of swept him underneath the mm. carpet, per se, you know, like the last, you know, decade or so, you know, just being kind of an insensitive character. Um, so I was, I was surprised to see him in the movie and to have such a big role, but such an awesome role in the movie. Mm. You know, they really kind of redeemed that character and made that character into when I felt like he really wasn't much. There wasn't much substance there. It was actually, it was going to be a gripe when I was watching the film mm-hmm. because I'm like, why is he helping T'Challa? And for a while, he wasn't responding. They didn't say anything about it. Like, why was he there helping T'Challa when he was obviously jealous of him? Didn't, like... You're talking about during the battle? After the battle. When he has him, he kept him alive uh-huh. in the snow. Yeah. So we find out, you know... Oh, you're talking about after the battle between yes. Killmonger and yeah. T'Challa. Okay. Way after. So I, I, I was like, are they going to address the fact that he just helped someone who was clearly his enemy when he had the opportunity to take that flower, become the new king, pretty much? Mm-hmm. And they did. It was literally, it was this close. I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to really upset me if they don't address this for some... Because like, it was just, a, it was like a loose end for me. Mm-hmm. And I like that they addressed it. It was a full character moment. Yeah. And it built on him. That he had some kind of sense of honor. Exactly. You know, about him. So that was cool. That he's not just this one-dimensional mm-hmm. character running around in this ape costume, you know, like he exactly. is in the comics. You know, you've got a fully formed character who has some sense of honor, some sense of dignity, and even surprises us at the end. You know, he was another character, too, who was performing, who was actually having some great, like, comedy you know, mm-hmm. scenes, you know, going on. Um, the scene when the whole family's in there, like, kind of talking about what they're going to do and everything, and all of a sudden you hear, are you guys done yet? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's just, like, sitting there at his throne, shaking his head. Mm-hmm. Um, just an awesome scene. So I, I was just really happy, and I popped when he showed up in the final battle. You know, I kind of had a feeling he would. I knew it was But <laughs> it was still a cool scene, you know, that he kind of helped turn the tides. Um, I thought that was badass. So, um, yeah, Killmonger though, man, what a badass, huh? <laughs> he, uh, they were not afraid to do killings in this movie, and he was really just full blown. He was a Killmonger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he lived up to his name, mm-hmm. but you know what? What a well layered character though, because you could really understand mm-hmm. his motives. Um. The scene where he travels to the spiritual realm and he interacts with his dad and everything and he's sitting there and his dad I think says like no more tears no tears for me Mm. you know and he kind of has that moment where he's like you know people die all the time you know but then at the same time you know he drops a tear um, you know and he kind of talks about you know like you know how could they have done this to me they left me behind you know, he feels abandoned, you know, by his people. Um, he's that kid who's 
you know, on the basketball court, yes. and he has that awesome scene where he looks up and he sees this spaceship. And that was spaceship. the last thing I actually expected. I was like, oh, it's just, you know, an extra. But then he actually has a storyline. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's just well layered storytelling mm. going on. Because I didn't even realize it at first either, where it was, you know, um, where it was going. where Because they introduced that whole, like, you know, um, mm. flashback with that scene where the kids are sitting there on the basketball court. Um, but yeah, no, I just really, and just his whole speech, you know, in the throne room where he's just kind of going off and like, you know, we're out there dying and you guys are all sitting here, you know, playing dress up, you know, just a great scene. Mm. Just, just awesome. So, I mean, yeah, it's a shame that they killed them off. I agree. I understand why to a certain extent, but, you know, would I have liked to see him in, you know, Black Panther 2? Yeah. You know, I feel like he's kind of like his Magneto, if you will, you know, at this point. Mm. You know, just that character where I you just felt don't like... feel like we have enough, like, villain arcs in Marvel at all. Yeah, besides Loki. Besides Loki. You know, you're talking about the MCU? Yeah, and the MCU. Yeah. I mean, really, you've got Loki, and that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't really even, right now, off the top of my head, I can't name anyone else. So... I, I mean, mean, there hasn't been a whole, I mean... A whole lot of great villain moments, but then you you present us Killmonger, and I was like, I want to see this guy go on, do something else, mm-hmm. have more of an art. Because I felt like, especially as a multi-dimensional, no, dimensional, uh, <laughs> dimension. What's the word I'm looking for? Multi-layered. Sorry. Okay. Character, he can still build and be something a great enemy for him later on. But almost too at the end, it felt like he was kind of like seeing the light, mm. you know, no pun intended, because he was actually looking at the sunrise. But like, it felt like he was having that moment where you know he understood. But then at the same time, you know, his last line is to you know, you know, bury me at sea because that's where my ancestors exactly. you know, died. So that was a really really cool moment that resonated. So, um, but yeah, no, just a great performance, and you knew it was gonna be. I mean, the guy, everything he touches is gold, you know, from, you know, back in the day in The Wire, you know, as a child actor, you know, carrying those heavy scenes. Um, just, I mean, such a talented young actor. You know, I can't imagine what you're going to get from him in like 10 years. Marvel redeems another Johnny... What's his last name? Johnny Storm? Johnny Storm, yes. <laughs> you wanted I, to say Blaze, I didn't did. you? I Everyone really did. wants to say Blaze. <laughs> Yeah, so, but no, I mean, go see this movie. I mean, just just a great time, you know, besides all the messages and everything else going on with it. Just a fantastic, fun, entertaining movie. You know, just what going to the movies should be all about. Hmm. Did you have a, a star rating or anything like that? Oh, God, you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> God, if we're going to do out of five stars... I'm going to give it five stars. I'm going to give it five. I think I'm going to do the same. Yeah. I thought I'd give it five. <laughs> um, I was not... To, especially with the amount of hype. <laughs> you know? Yeah, usually with this much hype, there's a fall. Yeah, because you're going to be... you're. There's no way that you're not going to be disappointed because mm-hmm. they really... I mean, I was super excited with how everything looked and everything. I mean, just knowing what they could do and who was behind this, you know, creatively, I was really hyped up for this movie, as you heard last podcast. Mm-hmm. But it did not disappoint at all. So I got to give it five. I really, I mean, I really do. They really knocked it out of the park. Well, one last thing before we move on. Okay. Did did you have any thoughts or care 
about seeing the Winter Soldier at the very end. No. But I don't care for um, the actor portraying the Winter Soldier. Really? It's a, it's a problem with Sebastian, huh? Yeah. He feels very wooden to me. Hmm. So, um, you know, so I, I'm not a huge fan of that actor and that portrayal. Like, and maybe it's what they, they've given him on page, you know? I mean, he's very one-dimensional. And where I feel like in the comic book, he's well, much he's... more of a layered character. Hmm. Has he had any moments to really show that he's more than... In Civil War, he had a few moments. And he was okay in Civil War. But there's it's such a nuanced character that they just haven't nailed it yet. And maybe they will with Infinity War. We'll see. You know, especially with what is being rumored. If that actually comes to fruition, you know, I, I don't see... <laughs> you know, how... It's going to work. So, I don't I, know. I think, um, what's his name, is too signed off. Like, he's and not... what I'm talking about is Bucky, the Winter Soldier, yeah. eventually taking over the mantle for Captain America. I, 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 At this point, I don't think that they're going to do that. Okay. I mostly think that because um, Chris... Evans. Chris Evans. There you go. There's Chris Pine. There's Chris Evans. There's lots Chris. of Chris's. It's all over there. <laughs> Chris Evans... Has showed no like, like interest in leaving. I mean, he's showed his contracts is up. Though. His contracts up, but he'd still do it. Did he say I'll still do it? Yeah. I thought he was on his way out. Like he's like pining to like do other things. Oh well, as far as my understanding, <laughs> I was under the impression that, that was, he was still interested. in That doing. like his contracts up, and he is not as as far as I know, he is not resigned because that would be a huge story right now because that means he's going to continue as Captain America. Mm. So hence all the rumors that Captain America is not necessarily long for this world right now. Well, I just don't think you need to continue making Captain America films in general. Yeah. I'm not saying that it would necessarily be a film, but I feel like this is kind of where the story is going and that's where it went in the books. So I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> he's got to show me something if that's going to happen. If he's mm. going to pick up that shield, he's got to really show me something next uh, next movie, mm. Infinity War. So... We'll see. We'll, we'll see. But see. yeah, when he showed up on screen, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm The crowd in my theater was just like, I waited for this. <laughs> yeah. Because, well, nothing even happened. Yeah. You know, and you knew he was there, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a big reveal or anything. So it kind of seemed like a throwaway. Maybe setting up him in like Suri's like, you know, relationship. I don't know. Yeah. I it was just kind of like throwing something in there. They even made a joke thing. earlier in the film that he was there. So it was just like, Oh, really? I missed that. What was the joke that you um, I have to fix two white boys. Oh, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> now accessing episode 18. Avengers Infinity War. Avengers. Spoilers again. Yes. This is the third <laughs> time we've warned you. Spoilers. Yes. If you haven't seen this movie... What's wrong with you? Yes. One, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Two, do yourself a favor... Go to the theater now and watch this fucking movie. Oh, I saw it in IMAX and I suggested seeing it in IMAX. It was actually all shot on an IMAX mm-hmm. camera too. So it's definitely worth seeing in IMAX. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Okay. Like uh, compared to Black Panther <coughs> where you could see some kind of technical errors there. Mm-hmm. This was just like they worked on it. It was flawless. Wow. Okay. Well, let's hold on. <laughs> Before we start, uh, let's go ahead into Avengers Affinity War. All right. So what is this movie about? 
Let's see if this blurb does any justice. Because <laughs> I don't uh, see how you could sum up this movie in three It's a tiny sentences. blurb, I can tell <laughs> yes. you that. Um, the Avengers and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. See, that should say half of the universe. Well... Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not that the blurb guy knew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't tell him major plot points. No. Um, all right. So initial thoughts, my friend. I am surprised how far they were willing to take this. I was really um, impressed by, like, this is pretty much comic book thrown to screen. Yes. And and darker. And darker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> darker than what they did um, in the original Infinity Gauntlet. So, um I agree. Although you were calling that there was going to be a lot of death. So, I mean, we we both were calling that there was going to be death, but you felt like they were going to go farther than I thought. So, um, and they did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. Um, yes, I was really, really surprised and really, really happy with the direction they went with this film. So, there was a point in the movie towards the end where I thought, Maybe they were going to wrap it up a little too quickly with a nice little bow. Um, this is probably the Thor, okay. you know, scene. Um, not to go into too much detail, but uh, I was kind of like, ah. mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay. It was very much a possibility. Yes, exactly. And, it, you know, another movie would have done that, so but they did not do that at all. <laughs> um, you know, the moment where uh, Thanos is basically like, you know, I'm. You know, you should have aimed at the head. Yeah. Great moment. Finger snap. It's, yes. It was done. They even did the snap of the fingers, you know, which is totally in the book. I love that moment. Um, yeah, like I said, like last episode, we apologized because we spoiled a lot of stuff unknowingly. Yes, not on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. And you would have spoiled it for yourself if you would have picked up Infinity Gauntlet, mm. honestly. So, but yeah, they really did a great job like staying kind of true to what happens in that book. Um, you know, they went a lot further than I thought they would be willing to go. I mean, they basically just shit all over the summer for a bunch of kids. Mm. Because I've, like, I've heard kids talking about going to see this movie, and I almost want to, like, warn them, like, dear God, do not go see this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They asked me at work, would this be something okay if um, a parent, or, like, parents wanted to take their kids to this movie? And I said, probably not. No. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, overall, your thoughts, though, the movie? I thought... Movie wise, yes, movie this wise. was really good, but it was more of a reward for those that were fans. Yes, I feel than it would be for someone to just walk into this. Yeah, I don't think you would get the same feeling out of it like if mm-hmm. you hadn't seen as many of the you know Marvel. And I, at this point, everyone's seen those movies. Yes, but like it definitely was more reward for like the last ten years of you know eighteen films, you know however many there was. Um, you know, to get to this point. Mm. So um, I felt like they did a really great job. You know, execution was on point, you know, with just juggling the amount oh, yeah. of characters. To manage that many characters is amazing. Like, I was impressed with Civil War. Mm. I mean, this was insane. You know, I mean, the pacing was really well done. I did feel like there's a little lag here and there, like, it, like in an hour, you know. I was like, oh my God, we've got a lot of movie left. But it wasn't because what was on the screen wasn't entertaining. 
Like, I enjoyed everything that was happening. Mm. Just like, this is a long movie. There's a lot going on here. Um, but I felt like it was we- really just well done, the way they edit it, you know, and what scenes they chose um, to, like, jump to. Like, the transitions worked well. Mm. Um, nothing was too jarring. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, just just very well done. I mean, the Russo brothers just know how to do mega movies with this yeah, many apparently characters. so um i don't think we've seen many films at this grand of a scale yeah no i can't even i mean with you know how many movies you know all kind of like colliding together mm-hmm. and telling like a story that you know makes sense at all <laughs> um pretty impressive like mm. i mean this continues each and every character's arc yes it's not like it's just Oh, we have all these characters to use. Let's just use them. It's this. They paid attention to where they were coming from. Before. Did any characters feel like they're being misrepresented to you? Like they weren't themselves? Um, because if you think about that, there's all those movies have their own distinctive style yeah. and tone. So to merge all that in one film, it I mean, it could go wrong very easily. Mm-hmm. I I mean the only character I felt that didn't really get the moments that I would like from them was Captain America. Yeah, I could see that they didn't for spend me, too much yeah. time with Cap. He has this moment where he shows up for to save Scarlet Witch and Vision. That's fine, but I was looking more for him to have like this kind of like rallying speech or something, something that felt a little bit more Captain America to me. Okay. And, this just felt like I'm, you know, I've been kind of screwed by everything I love. Let's, but we're going to fight this out. We're gonna yeah, I mean, heroes. he had those few moments where he was like, you know, we don't trade lives and, you know, everything, yeah. which was a total like parallel for like him to like Thanos where, you know, Thanos is saying, you know, we got to wipe out half of everyone, mm. <laughs> you know, to save lives. And, you know, Cap saying we don't trade lives, you know, we don't leave anyone behind. Um, you know, so I thought that was kind of interesting. I felt that that dynamic. was more for, uh, right, for Vision at the time. Yeah, but he says it He says it twice. They, actually, both with, is it both for Vision? He says in the beginning when he's first, you know, brought onto the scene. And then at the end of the movie, he also says it. So actually, Vision, Vision says, says it, it to, to him. him. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, which I feel like it's definitely going to come and play in the fourth film. But we'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. That one moment, though, where they're leading the charge in Wakanda and they're just, you know, going, they decide to, like, let a little hole of the whole force mm. field, you know, open up. So all the aliens, are, is it Chitari? I believe those are Chitari. I'm not 100%, because they didn't look like it to me. Okay, yeah. But they, they could totally say, yeah, it was Chitari, whatever. Yeah, um, you know, all those creatures through, and they're, like, just charging, and then all of a sudden you see, like, Captain America and Black Panther racing up. Oh, yeah, that was, that was up, great. That was chills, man. I just had chills <laughs> right off the bat. I Crowd thought that was, was a, screaming. Oh, that was a fantastic <laughs> moment. Um, yeah, but he definitely it was more about his actions than what he said in this mm. movie. I liked the whole like Secret Avenger thing, though, basically going on, you know, where you've got like Black Widow and Falcon and everything. They're kind of like mm. hiding from the from the government and everything. But, you know, you could tell that they've been working together this entire time. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah. Um, any other characters, though, you felt like were a little off? Off? 
No, I mean, I felt like each character was represented in the way that they should have been. Yeah. Was there a character that you saw? No, that was no, off? not really. You know, because that was my big concern, though, like going into this, because you're really, I mean, what an undertaking to have all these different movies, different tones, and try to be together in one movie, you know? Because, I mean, like, Guardians has just been James Gunn's voice, mm. you know? Um, you know, I mean, Captain America's been the Russos, so that really wasn't going to be an issue. But, like, you know, Spider-Man was off in his own movie, you know? I mean, it just felt like it could have been a serious issue. But it really was They say wasn't. that, I mean, there was rumors that... Um from what I've heard, that uh, James Gunn actually wrote most of the lines for Peter to say. Really? Really? Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Because you would think that they would have, you know, the creators of, you know, Mm. some of these franchises to be, like, working I mean, that's how I would do it. I would have them all Or at least, you know, yeah, right? At least, you know, sit there and be, you know, someone that you would talk to and go to. At least get notes. Exactly, exactly. So, um... Yeah, the Guardians were great in this movie. I mean, they had some of the best moments. Um, Mm. Thanos, though, I feel like he stole the show. I really thought this was his movie. Mm. You know, I was really happy with the amount of time that they spent with him. Um, I wasn't expecting that, you know, and that was a concern I had. But, you know, if the movie did end, you know, here, I would have been okay with what they did with the character. Um, and they really changed, you know, his origin. Um, you know, Thanos in the book, you know, yes, he wants to wipe out half mm-hmm. the universe, but it's to honor death. You know, he's, you know, he's very nihilistic. Yeah, but they couldn't really play around with No, that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I feel like they actually did a better job than the comics. I, I cared more about the character in the movie than mm-hmm. I do in the comics. Um, you know, I liked the whole, you know, like, the, the this sounds sick, but <laughs> the whole fact that, you know, he, he, you know, tried to save his, you know, Titan, basically his planet, you know, by offering the suggestion of you were going to have to, you know, kill half the population, but instead, you know, he watched, you know, everyone die, you know, so now he's on this mission. It made sense, mm. you know, um, you know, not that, you know, genocide ever makes sense, but you could see where he was going, you know, in a very Magneto kind of way. Um, the why, you know, behind him. So I I really enjoyed, you know, I mean, everything with him and Gamora, I thought that was great. You know, I wasn't um, expecting that, you know, The moment from that he has where it's near the end and he uh, sees Gamora as a girl again after mm-hmm. he snaps his fingers. So I, for... A moment there, I thought maybe that's Lady Death for like a second, but I was like, they, "There's no, there's no explanation. There would be no reasoning." No, and I think it wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was fine with the way that they had the. That was yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I was just like, um, I loved everything. I can't remember the planet they go on. They go to when he's trying to get. Is it the Soul Stone? He's trying to. Uh, oh, I have no idea. I yeah, it was... but I love that moment where you know he has to sacrifice something. Mm. And Gamora's... Gamora was being a little dumb at that point, but well, I think in her mind though, growing up with the man, she just felt like you know she, he must hate me. You know he doesn't love me. You know there's no way. And to see that you know in her eyes and that realization where they like he turns around, and he's got the single tear. You know, mm. and she starts laughing. Um, you know, just a fantastic moment. I mean, Roland really, really brought his A game. So, um, and then also having the surprise of Red Skull being there. 
Yes. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a cool moment. I was not expecting that. Uh, do you think if they fix everything in the universe, that's some kind of way for Red Skull to come back? If they want to bring him back, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's an easy way, right? Um, I liked the... It's a different actor doing the portrayal. Yeah. So, I mean, I liked what he did. Uh, I mean, it seems spot on, so... Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be a very simple fix to bring him back. So, and it'd be a cool arc for, you know, you know Captain America, if he's still around after these movies, mm-hmm. to have. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, and anytime, like I said, with the Cosmic Cube, anything's up for grabs, even though I know technically it's not the Cosmic Cube here. Um, but yeah, essentially the same same thing, right? Um, same gimmick, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, yeah, I I thought that was really cool and just a well-kept secret once Mm -hmm. again, you know, so much of this movie I didn't see coming, you know, from like the opening scenes on, like, you know, you didn't know where they were going. Because they didn't show you that much in the trailers, you know? And, like, Fahey, like, literally just lied left and right (laughs) during all the interviews, which I'm fine with. You know, Mm. I saw some people kind of, like, bitching about it, but I'd rather be lied to. I don't need to know everything going into a movie. You know? I mean, like, it's fun to be surprised at the film, you know? I don't need to see every major plot point in a trailer. Mm. You know, I don't want that. Um, That makes me avoid trailers, honestly, half the time. So, I mean, these movies at this point sell themselves. You know, there's always people that want to see and know everything. That's just kind of their person. Um, one of the characters that actually stood out for me was Thor. I loved what, like, his whole moment where he shows up on Wakanda and he just is this powerful badass out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't seen that kind of Thor in any of these films, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, Thor Ragnarok, we got it a, a at bit. At the end. At the end. Yeah. But I think this is, like, the first time I've really seen... Cut loose. Thor, like, unleashed, you know? Yeah, that was awesome. What's the name of his, ha- his new hammer? Warbringer? Um, no, um, Storm... Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker, yeah. Yeah, Stormbreaker. Um, yeah, and I loved everything, too, like, leading mm-hmm. to him getting that hammer and everything. I like the pairing of him and Rocket, or Rabbit, as he kept on referring yeah. to. <laughs> um, I thought the him and the Guardians were, like, the perfect match. You know, especially coming off of Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. And all the moments between Peter and him were amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I really felt like all of, you know, the characters were spot on. You know, I felt like they really honored who those characters were. Mm-hmm. Um, which, my God, what a task. So, um, what did you think of the Black Order? Um, For me, they were kind of underutilized. I didn't like... How um, Ebony goes thrown out of the ship, and then you get the Wilhelm scream, and mm-hmm. it was just like it was kind of a little too playful. They could have done. I felt like they could have used them more. They definitely didn't do them justice. Yeah. Um. So they that was probably if there's one thing I could really pick on, you know, like in the film, and if I was gonna nitpick, it'd be the black. Yeah, they were the most lacking element of the entire film. I mean, they were portrayed as powerful, but at the same time, they were just kind of a means to an end. Mm. You know, they were just there to be henchmen, where they have a lot more character in the books. Now, once again, they're serving how many different characters, how many different voices. So I get why, you know, if you're going to cut anyone's lines or any, like, moments for anyone, it's going to be the Black Order. Um, They're more just kind of glorified, like, you know, eye candy, you know, for for the film, you know. Um, 
really just glorified henchmen. Yeah, I mean, the one that went after Scarlet Witch had the best moments out of all of them, but mm-hmm. even then it was still a short, very short part of the film. Yes, yes. So, um, who do you think stole the show? Thor. <laughs> Thor? You feel like yeah. Thor stole the show? For me, he stole the show. Um, just like all his aspects of trying to uh, make the hammer... Uh, I love the moment where you see giant Peter Dinklage. I was not prepared for that <laughs> <laughs> at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, Once I realized what was going on, I kind of put it together. But it's still an <laughs> awesome, awesome moment. What was uh, the line he had where he was like, to the death or if I die? <laughs> and he's like, that's what death that, means. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. Because uh, Thor's like, He's kind of being airheaded at this point. He's just like, I'm going to hold open this star, pretty much, and have it blast all its energy through me to go into the casting so that the metal can uh, melt. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus. He had a whole star blasting at him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, yeah, I'll survive. (laughs) What do you think about the way Thor got his eye back? Um, that was, I didn't need his... Do they just not want to keep the patch on him? I guess not. Maybe... Rocket basically just gives him an eye. Yeah. It was funny for Rocket, but... Yeah, I mean, it was a cool moment, but it was kind of like, okay, I guess they want, they don't want to cover his pretty face, right? Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, because there was, that was, that was kind of a thing. People were like, how come on some of the, like, you know, products, you know, Thor has both eyes and others, you know, because there's like some toys where Thor had both eyes and there was some like, you know, like just, you know. There's one yellow. Yeah, some McDonald's, you know, stuff where, you know, like he had, you know, one eye and then he's, I don't know, you know, the internet's just picking everything. I feel like they're not going to keep track with that later on. Like there's going to be some continuity problems with that. Like in the next movie, I can totally see them just having his regular eyes. Oh like yeah, have like the um, one. Was finger. it actually yellow? Yellow? Yeah, though? I'm pretty did sure. It, it's did like, it turn though after he had it in for a little bit? Oh well, I mean, just I know when I was paying attention at the first, when he it, was, it, yellow. In, it okay. was yellow. Okay, I, I didn't notice that. anything. Else. I was just lost in his dreaminess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was glad he had a moment where he was actually like mourning, because mm-hmm. at first I was a little annoyed that he wasn't a little like once he you know crashes into the guardian ship and everything. I felt like he kind of recovered really quickly for, like, losing his people and his brother and everything. Um, you know, but then when he's on the ship with Rocket, you kind of see him, like, you yeah. know, you know, and Rocket says, okay, I guess I gotta be the captain now. <laughs> um, so everything with Thor and the Guardians mm. was just gold. Um, I'm surprised you liked the Thor stuff, though, because it, I felt like it was more in tone, like, of Ragnarok. It wasn't. It wasn't, like, there wasn't a punchline, though, at at the end of every moment. Yeah. And that's what took me out of Ragnarok. Yeah. So, that I actually, I think maybe my anxiety, you know, kicked in over that. Because when he was, yeah, at first on the ship, you know, and he was, you know, let's go. We got to go here and here and here. I'm like, you're not even going to take a moment here, (laughs) you know? You seem a little like too quick to recover after. But that was that just, just him. Happened. That was just the way he was trying to cope with what the situation. Yeah, no, no. And after seeing that one moment on the ship mm. with Rocket, that makes sense. So, um, but I'm just glad he had that moment mm. where he was kind of reflecting. Though he should have aimed for the fucking head. He should have. Well, he learned his lesson. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he just had to get his last line in. I told you I'd kill you. Uh right. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think. For me. Who stole the show? I enjoyed Doctor Strange. I enjoyed all the stuff with uh, 
him and Stark. Mm. Them kind of like trading like barbs back and forth between each other. You know, just two snarky guys with yeah. goatees going. At it. What do you know? What pissed me off the most? What was that? You got Chris Hemsworth. Not, I mean, you got both um, Captain America and Thor have this moment where they're like, "Yo, you stole my beard," but they couldn't fucking have that between the Goatee Brothers. Oh, <laughs> okay, man. Thank That's you. what pissed you off the most. Yes. <laughs> Why not? That was an awesome moment, though. Haircut, huh? Like <laughs> you stole my beard. Yeah, it's, it's fine, but it's it was more notorious to have Tony Stark bring it up. Uh huh. Yeah, and try to give him a high five. That would have been a funny moment. That would feel been like a funny they missed moment. up. Well, maybe they'll have it later on. There's still more movie, but we'll see who survives the next one. Right? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> what was your favorite team up moment? Uh, it would have to have been um, Rocket and uh, Thor. No, uh, Rocket and Oh Winter, Winter Soldier? Soldier. Yes. Oh, okay. As brief as it was, yeah, yes. that was awesome. That was a though, fun right? moment, <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect for Rocket as well. There's just two characters you would never think about, like mm-hmm. even interacting. That was an awesome moment. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that was probably on my. I love the moment between Akoi and Scarlet Witch. You know, and they, it wasn't even between them, really. Where She's like, why was she up there the entire time uh-huh. when she comes? I like that we got Scarlet Witch kind of unleashed in this movie. You know, she comes to the battlefield and she just right away starts raising hell. Doesn't she lift one of the major ships? Outside? Yeah, like she's, I mean, her <laughs> powers are really unleashed on this. I don't know. Because I'm trying to think, what, did she seem that powerful in Ultron? No. And not so much like, in She Civil was powerful, War. but she was not like flipping shit and this is two years after civil war they made sure to tell us that right away mm. which totally destroys whatever spider-man said in uh yeah because it was eight years so this is they're, they're saying it's about six it in years interview where they were like eight years that's totally not correct yeah which doesn't make any sense how they would make that mistake but you know it's not like Faki wasn't overseeing that movie I wish they just stopped time stamping things because yeah. guardians too we're seeing them what like four years after Part two, four, three years. There's a time jump that happens. Yeah, but you don't. Do they ever really make sure you know what time? Yes, Gun does. Gun like time stamps both of those movies. <sighs> Whatever. It's like, why are you doing this? That's like comic book one hundred and one. Don't time stamp anything. Just say past, present. Yes, future. exactly. Uh, but whatever, it is what it is. So technically, if it's two years. And we're going down this rabbit hole. If that's two years after Civil War, um, Homecoming took place right after Civil War. Right? Yeah. So then it's two years after Homecoming. So then Peter would be a senior. Okay. I'm just saying, you lost two years of his, like, you know, movie time, unless they do the whole, because we, I really wanted to see Peter in high school. And I mean, they could still, they, he could be a senior for, you know, the next three movies, I guess. It just feels like you wasted, you know, so much story there. I guess. I hate time stamping. Don't they time can, stamp. They can easily say, no, because that would be terrible if they go back before Infinity War. Um, yeah. I told I you I was going down this rabbit hole, man. <laughs> I mean, they can play around with him being in college too. I mean, you could. Do you I really? Don't see you don't need. No. You could do one more in high school, and then you can move on. No, you got to give me two. You got to at least give me two. 
No, I'm saying one more. That would be two high school films. You want, no, I'm you saying want, no. Want I want two trilogy? more. I want a trilogy of high school. Like Maybe Homecoming. What's another high school like thing that happens? Like prom or something? Oh, yeah. Or but that's a senior. Year I don't thing. know. Like, well, I, like the, the third one's got to be graduation, right? Right. <sighs> Not that I have any kind of say or, or booking power here. And we're sure that he was a sophomore, though. I felt sport. like he was a sophomore. Could I could be wrong. Maybe he was a freshman. Maybe he was a freshman. Sody doesn't care. <laughs> no, they don't. Apparently, eight years. <laughs> and mess that shit up. I don't know. Because right, you remember, like right after that, everyone's like, "Wait a second, yeah, we trying were to do the math, to like calculate, yeah, um, don't timestamp." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, do you feel like they did enough with Wakanda? Yeah, I was fine with Wakanda. I didn't see them having to. Do you feel like Panther longer. had enough moments? Um, he was very lacking. But at the same time, I didn't need too much of him mm-hmm. in this one. Especially since we just went off of a film of his. Yeah. Um, I I mean, Okoye? Okoye. Okoye. I can never say her name. It's okay. Had great moments. Um, sure, he had... I felt like she had more moments than Panther did, right? Yeah. She might have had more dialogue than Panther, which was interesting. I mean, he had some big moments, don't get me wrong, especially in the battle. But it was mostly, like, action-driven. Yeah, he was more action than he was speaking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, so. I didn't have a problem with I didn't feel... There's a lot of characters to serve. I know. I, like, I felt more about Captain America than I did about him at that mm-hmm. point. You know, once... Where I kind of started realizing that this was not going to be, regardless of what fuck he said, you know, that this was, like, a standalone story... Um, was when we hadn't seen Steve and Tony interact at all. Oh, okay. I think we got into the third act and we were like deep and I was like, okay, no, this is, there's no way that, you know, one, that we're going to lose either of them, mm. you know, and two, that this is like, you know, a standalone story. There's got to be a, a sequel to this because it just felt like, especially in the beginning, the way they started with Tony pulling out the phone to, you know, call Cap. Um, and then not doing it, it just felt like, all right, no, it would have been such a missed opportunity. You know, I just, I just didn't feel like we could lose one of them without those two, you know, having a moment together. So, um, were you surprised that neither of them died in this? Um... Because we were both calling. I mean, yeah. we were both I was saying, expecting one or the other. Yes. At least by the, when I was watching it, by the time we got to the end, especially after the snap, I was expecting at least either of them to dissolve, but mm-hmm. neither of them did. So I was like, okay, so they're both going to be leading the charge in the next film. I guess my more my hopes were was that we were going to get kind of a like a fresh team trying to figure this out in the next film. Mm-hmm. But I can totally, marketing-wise... Um, storytelling wise, I completely understand why the people that are alive are alive mm-hmm. and why they're going to be leading the charge in the next film. Well, especially since they're saying phase four is going to be like a completely like new look for mm-hmm. the MCU. It makes sense to like bookend it with the people that's left, you yeah. know, um, you know, basically the original Avengers, 
Yeah. yeah, I guess my ideas were more of this was like a transition piece rather than a mm-hmm. ending of their storyline. And they did a really good job of making you think that, mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I didn't think they would go as far as they did was because, one, they're sitting there saying that it was going to be a standalone film. Um, two, that the fact that they said, oh, no, it's not going to be called Infinity War 2 because it was originally announced, the fourth film, as Infinity War 2. Um, and re- they must have realized at some point, why would we give that away? Why would we spoil, you know, the ending of the third film? You know, because if you know that it's going to be a two-part movie, you kind of know, okay, mm-hmm. well, this, you know, Thanos is obviously going to live. You know, they're totally going to be, you know, still fighting this battle. So why not keep that a secret? And I, I, I'm, I applaud them for doing that, you know, because I felt like it added so much to like just the whole movie-going experience. Because I didn't see where they were going, you know. I felt like it was pretty unpredictable, um, you know. Even though we read the book, and mm. <laughs> a lot of what you know happened was in the book, you know, not the same way in a very MCU way. But I mean, you had Thanos, you know, wiping out half of the Marvel universe with a snap. Um, so I, I applaud them because that is just a dark ending. Mm. Um, what was your favorite moment overall? In this movie. What was yours? <laughs> Stalling, huh? Um, and this is dark, but my favorite moment was Peter Parker uh, turning to dust. That whole moment when he like grabs on to Tony and is like, no, don't let it, you know, like basically begging him to not let it happen, mm. um, knowing that he's about to, you know, dissolve. My God, that is a fucking dark dark moment well acted i mean it got to be in the theaters i'm not gonna lie you know that was i mean the audience after this movie you know like end credits roll was dead silent you know like it felt like i was walking out of like a funeral Mm. like it felt like i mean no one was saying anything (laughs) so i think it caught a lot of people i mean my surprise my favorite sequence was thanos going after the final stone where he's like everything's in slow motion um scarlet witch is trying to break the uh, mind gem inside of um, vision's head and you just kind of have this whole sequence where she's like struggling with it while he's also taking out each avenger at a time yeah and they even did the whole backhand slap to cap which i thought was badass and i was like is he dead like because <laughs> that's basically what happens in the book is he does this like you know, kind of almost like whatever, you know. Yeah, I couldn't tell if people were dying in that scene or were just getting I hurt think really they, bad. I, th- I thought they were, you know. But well, apparently when Rhodes they, gets uh, up later, I'm like, oh. Yeah, apparently I, they he gets weren't. crushed inside the thing. I was like, oh, is he dead? Yeah. But no. No, he's okay. So, um, yeah, that was good. And that was before. Yeah, yeah, that would have to be. So he must have survived that regardless. It wasn't the time stone, whatever, hmm. um, you know, resetting anything. So, because I really did feel like, okay, yeah, people are dying here. He's just killing people left and right, you know, even though, you know, there's no blood or anything, mm. you know, it'd be a very MCU death. But yeah, you know, especially when they reference that whole, you know, you know, bitch slap. I, was like, I was like, oh no. Um, yeah. I. What did you think about when, because basically everything's set off by Peter, um, by Star-Lord. Yeah, that was, well, I mean... I was frustrated because, I mean, at that point, I'm like at the edge of my seat. Peter's got the um, 
They're on Titan, and they basically set a plan together Hmm. to get the gauntlet off of Thanos' hand. And Spider-Man gets it off of his hand. And he gets it, yeah. They're, like, prying it off, and then, you know, he finds out what happened to Gamora. You know, that, you know, Thanos, you know, sacrificed Gamora to get the uh, Soul Stone. So, and then Peter just can't hold it together for... (laughs) Just a couple more seconds. Just a couple more seconds. Just a couple more seconds. Um, I liked the I I liked the moment, but yeah, it's frustrating mm. as all hell because you know you're in the moment too. You're like, come on, man, come on, hold it together. What did you? But think? it makes I felt like it made sense for the character. Oh, yeah. You know, I felt like he's raw emotion anyway. Mm. There's no way, you know, he would be able to control himself in that moment. Now, with Thanos's power, his natural power, how did you feel it was represented in this film? I, I forgot to mention that earlier when we were talking about You mean like, like when he takes out the Hulk? Like when he's just fighting on his own. Like, yeah, he takes out the Hulk really easily, but then later on he's struggling against these like smaller teams and weaker opponents. Um, well, he's going up against a lot of them at that point, though. Yeah, you're talking about, I'm trying to think of a scene where he's struggling against anyone. You're talking about on, on Titan. Well, let's use that as an example. On Titan, yes. He's he's struggling against all of them, which it makes sense as a dynamic. That's a different way of fighting. And there's strategy involved in everything. So it made sense. Mantis, you know, kind of, you know, putting him in the whole mind warp thing. And so, mm. you know, and it's not like they succeeded. So I was okay with that because um, it was all about catching him off guard. So that was okay because it wasn't like, you know, toe-to-toe or anything. Um so what well here's the thing what about the fact that like he could have killed thor you know but he didn't like he doesn't he doesn't but i feel like i feel like he just wasn't like he's not he's not the comic book version where he's just Mm. killing people to kill people you know like if he has to kill someone he kills them but otherwise it is what it is um you know he just moves on like, he obviously didn't feel Thor was any kind of threat Was it whatsoever. to Thor? Was he, he the one that he says, I like you, and that's when he leaves? Or is that was that to Tony? No, that was to Peter. To Peter. That was Peter, oh, yeah. yes. When, he's, um, when he shoots Gamora. Yes. But he's basically, like, coaching him the entire mm. time, you know. I loved all the visual references to the Infinity and Gauntlet, too. Um, the bubbles is totally in the book. Um, when the, he turns Drax into Ribbon. And stuff and like cubes and that that's mm. all from straight from Starlin's book, you know. So I thought that was really cool that they went that route, um, you know. I, and everything I felt like held up visually to me. Um, I didn't like you know because sometimes with these movies with the action, you know, they do the close up where you can't really tell what's going on, mm. and then you might get some coverage, you know, here and there. But like I felt like they did a really good job with the action, where you could tell where every what was going on, oh, what yeah. was happening. Oh, I trust me, I hate um, like the way Taken was shot, mm-hmm. or the way the action sequences are just this the uh, was, shaking um, the entire time. Guy Ritchie does that a lot. It's yeah, yeah I it totally just means that your actors aren't prepared for a fight or don't have good stunt choreography. Yeah, it's just 
yeah, to make no, it look more it definitely, exciting. Yeah, no, it definitely distracts me from the movie when that happens. No, yeah, this so. was all clear. You saw, you knew what was going on. Even with how hectic and crazy as these battles were, you knew exactly what was happening at all times. Exactly. And it was happening a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And they still, like, you could tell what was happening. So um, I felt like the CGI all held up. Mm-hmm. There was a few moments maybe with Thanos where it was like eh, a little shaky. But overall, I felt everything worked on screen. Um, there was no like Black Panther moment where I yeah. was like, eh, what happened there? Like you ran out of money or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I, what, what did you, how about the use of the Hulk? Um, I mean, it was fine. Like for me, I, it didn't bother me that the Hulk couldn't come out later on, but it was just kind of, it was the, the way that he was used more as a joke throughout it. It's just like, eh. He was definitely used as like a comedic, like, you mm. know, point of the story. I was just like, I didn't, didn't really, yeah, didn't do much actual. for me at the time. Yeah. I feel like they're going to set up kind of like Hulk and Banner coming to terms, mm. you know, with the next movie. But that's definitely part of his story yes. line, So that's And it makes sense because they did say like this is a three, you know, story arc for, mm. um, three part story arc for um, Bruce. And I definitely think it sets up a huge moment for the Hulk to show up in the next film and have this huge battle with them. Yeah. And I'm wondering, do we get a different version of Hulk out of this? You know, are they going to come to terms? In the Marvel Universe, you know, in the comics, you always get these different variations of the Hulk. Um, there is a version of a Hulk that is like very Banner mm. and very like you know Hulk at the same time, like a super intelligent Hulk, um, you know, with Banner's mind, but like you know Hulk strength. Um, so I'm wondering if they would go that route, you know, because it feels like those two have to like come to terms together, um, you know, and kind of just you know come to the realization of what they are and deal with that. Um, so I'm wondering if that's where the arc is going. I don't need to see them be exactly like I don't I don't want to see that Hulk with Banner's intelligence, but I I'm fine with their like friends, <laughs> you know if they like at least a little they have chummy. a mutual understanding of each other. I wouldn't mind seeing like you know him retain like some of Banner's like consciousness, where like Banner kind of shows through a little more, you know, um, while the Hulk, because Banner, I mean, God, Ruffalo's just hilarious. You know, as Banner, I really enjoyed you know his portrayal of Banner, but you know I could see why if you're a Hulk fan, it'd be a little off putting. <laughs> you know, you're going to this movie, and once again, that's you know the marketing. They totally have Hulk, you know, in that whole like Wakanda scene, running with the team. He's not there though. You know, I mean, mm. it's brilliant. That's great marketing because it would have been a huge, you know, like spoiler that everyone is, would have been speculating. Where, why is Hulk not here? Is it replaced with the um, Iron? Uh, the I don't know. I haven't seen like the. We have to do like a. Yeah, a I'm sure it was. I'm sure they just kind of superimposed Hulk on top of that, um, you know, or just replaced it, you know. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, clever on their I mean, part. you keep the same motion, you just put the different skin on. That's uh-huh. Yeah. And I, what did you think? Because he just gets the suit out of nowhere too, right? Yeah. That, that was weird, right? That was weird. I was like, did Tony give them access to, uh, to his gear from yeah. nowhere? Because <laughs> this would have to be a different Hulkbuster suit, right, too? He, he would have to have fixed it by then. I would guess, yeah. Although it did feel like it was kind of like broken down a little, right? Yeah. 
Like, it didn't look like, you know, brand new by any means. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was a, it's an interesting choice that they're making with the Hulk. Um, you know, we'll see where it leads, really. So speaking of which, where do you think they go with Avengers 4? Um, and I know we haven't really recapped any of the movie. Yet. We're just kind of <laughs> talking moments. I'm feeling like if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. Yes. Um, you know, and I don't think we could possibly do justice with a summary of this movie. Um, but basically, half of the Marvel heroes have been wiped out. We're left with, you know, Thanos with the gauntlet, you know, all the stones. You know, he did his snap. He wiped out half the universe. You know, so it's not just half the heroes. It's half the universe. What's interesting about that moment is that his gauntlet is very distorted and messed up at that point. Mm -hmm. After he does the snap. Okay. I wonder how they're they're going, if that's going to be a big point in the next film or not. And it seems like, too, when he has his next moment, he's, I feel like he's in the soul stone. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but, with, with when he's visiting Gamora. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no. And then, like I said, I mean, where do you think we're going? Where, you know, because we're left kind of feeling hopeless. Mm. You know, we've lost all our favorite heroes. You know, we have the original Avengers. We have Rhodey. We have Rocket. You know, Brody, I'm, Rocket, um, Iron Man, we have Captain America. Yeah, so the original Avengers. Yeah. And then, yeah, but like, so, you know, side character wise, you know, small. Is there any Guardians besides Rocket? Is it no, just Rocket? It's just Rocket. Just Rocket. So we definitely have like a ragtag group, you know, and the Avengers. I don't know besides Gamora. You've got Okoye. Yeah. Sorry, we don't know if survived. You know, oh, yeah, we're we assuming, see. you know, hoping. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Nebula is with Tony. I don't know if um, any of the characters that didn't die from the snap will be coming back. I don't know if they... I could definitely survive. see them honoring those deaths. Mm. Like, if they died before, you know, he had the full gauntlet... You know, before the snap, you know, like Loki. Um, that's another part Gamora, we didn't even talk about. Uh, we didn't talk about Loki. How, what did you feel about Loki's death? We both kind of saw that, right? I think we yeah. called that right off the bat. I mean, but it wasn't... It could have been a little bit more emotionally charged, I felt. Like, like the way he went to attack Thanos, anyone could telegraph what he was about to do. The way he, like, he walks up to him, he bows, he pauses... And looks at his brother, then looks back at Thanos. <laughs> well, maybe he's not very good at it. Was that after, you know, I we have a Hulk? Yes. That moment? I like that line, though. He'd already, yeah, he'd already backstabbed him beforehand. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's Loki, though. Do you feel like he's really dead, though? Can you ever really kill a god? It was brutal. It was brutal. Snapped his neck. And I, lo- I love that they stayed on his face. You know, I thought that w- was a really nice touch. It made it feel final. I mean, as sick and twisted as that is. Um, I mean, even Thor was like, he might be dead. He might not be dead. Yes. We'll find out. He's Loki. Um, but um, what's his buddy? His best friend. from With the Rainbow Bridge. Oh, um, Thalmer? No. H. H. Heimdall. Right? Yes. Heimdall. I think maybe, yes. I'm pretty sure Heimdall. <laughs> I'm thinking of 
Falmer. He'll always be Stringer Bell to me. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's dead. I don't think he's coming back. So, um, Gamora, we'll see. Because I feel like she's in the Soul Stone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's just in That's the Soul Stone. That's always a gimmick. That's always a gimmick right out. there. At least from, from what I know as a comic book fan. <laughs> if you're in the Soul Stone, you're safe. You know, I feel like there's always a way to get you out. So, um, so we've got this ragtag team, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the original of Avengers, so I guess you can't call them a ragtag team, but then you've got some other heroes left on the board. And then we know that Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you know, from, you know, the end credit scene is about to show up. Um, what do you think is going to be their approach to Thanos? I think that they're going to try to have to hunt him and find the gauntlet and try to use it for themselves. Okay. Um, so it's basically the same plan as before. Kind. Of, I mean, they weren't planning on using the stones. They were. Well, yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. It's like use it to bring everyone back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Do you feel like, is that where we're going to get the big sacrifice? Because, I mean, we feel like all these deaths are going to be reversed. You know, all the main deaths, mm-hmm. that, you know, all the people that we lost. Um, you know, yeah. Vision's death, too, was grueling. <laughs> Vision's death was nice. You know, like, seeing him turn, like, do you gray. Think, do you think he's going to be officially dead? Because there is a gray version of Vision. Yeah, but Vision won. Without the stone. One, I mean... It depends on how far they, you know, if they do get the gauntlet and, you know, bring everyone back. I mean, I could see them. They're not going to just be like, well, I've got vision, you know. Mm. I feel like all the Avengers are safe. Now, if he is dead, he's an android. They can bring him back. Exactly. You know, so Vision's been off the board. We just read a book where Vision got, like, you know, his skull opened up by Hulk, you know, and he's back by the end of the book, pretty Mm. much. So, um. He should have used his mind scrambler on Thanos. He should have. Is that a thing in the MCU? <laughs> I don't know. He can do it. Oh, wait. His phasing was damaged. Yes. Oh, they did cover that, right? Yeah. They did say that. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I definitely think it'll be Captain Marvel helping lead the team to find Thanos. Um, but they're, they're totally getting that Avenger Circle moment, though. Yeah. Your Hawkeye's going to show. Hawkeye's not in this movie whatsoever. No. So, which, once again, they said, oh, he has a very special story in this movie. A very special journey is what they kept on saying. Well, he's not in the fucking movie. So they <laughs> lied once again. Um, Ant-Man's not in this movie. So you're definitely, I feel like Ant-Man. No. And we've seen him, you know, in, uh, on set photos in 4. So we know that he shows up in part 4. Um, um, they're using all this advertisement for him. Like, oh, where was he during... Uh-huh. Which right. is fun, it's playful, because you can always say, maybe he was there. You yeah. didn't see it. <laughs> Do you think Wasp will be part of that group? Uh, I think Wasp is going to be dead. Yeah. I We were discussing this off mic. I mm. feel like the end of Ant-Man is going to be basically a bunch of characters turning to dust. You know, maybe at the end credits scene or whatever, but I feel like it's going to go right into, you know, Infinity War Part 4. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've got Captain Marvel in between there, but that's a time story, you know, that's taking place in the past. Um, so I, yeah, there's the rumor of the, you know, the use of, you know, um, I think I just lost a word. The use of, the use of 
time travel. So there's a rumor out there of the use of time travel, you know, and this is just a bunch of nerds dissecting photos, Mm -hmm. you know, set photos from part four. I mean, you do have a Captain America in like the first Avenger costume, um, you know, looking a lot more clean cut than he did in Infinity War. Um, You do have um, Ant-Man with Tony Stark and Tony Stark definitely looks different than what we've seen him in any other movies. He got a lot really bad highlights in his Mm -hmm. hair and stuff like that so um you know if time travel is part of the story how would you feel i think i i mean first off i'd hate it Mm -hmm. i just i don't like time travel i'm not a fan it's all there's always going to be some type of mistake or some type of something Something that doesn't make sense if you have a show like this you'll dissect it and it'll drive you insane like wait a second how would this work yeah um i think i'd like it a little bit more if both cap and tony were dead because you then you're at... bringing back um, them in a different state. Like you're bringing back younger um, Steve Rogers into this world. You're bringing back um, a different. Oh, so like if you're saying like at the end of Infinity War, both of them were dead and mm. they have to travel back in the past to bring them to yeah. the present to help fight this battle. Yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. See, I like the fact that we're going to have those two, I feel like, you know, they're on a collision course, you know, and they're going to have to mend fences, mm-hmm. you know, to face, you know, Thanos now. I feel like that's going to be a big moment in this well, Yes, but I'm just saying, if the with the time travel If elements, we had to deal with time yeah. travel, you'd rather have that be an aspect of it. I see what you're saying. Um, do you feel like, besides Captain Marvel, do you feel like we'll get introduced to any other new characters? Because um, they do say that after Avengers 4, it's going to be a whole new, you know, Marvel Universe. Not yet. I think Captain Marvel will be the catalyst, the start, Mm -hmm. but I don't see her, I don't see them shoving in a whole bunch of more characters, especially that they haven't announced that they haven't introduced in any other way. Maybe, like, as cameos, maybe as a tiny little, like, you see Miles Morales walk Somewhere in the background, somewhere. Does Miles suit up? Oh my god! <laughs> Pie in the sky. You know what I would love to see? I love Surrey to uh, jump in one of those Black Panther suits. Wouldn't be a bad idea, right? Wouldn't that be a badass idea? Because then once you know T'Challa comes back, she doesn't wear the suit hmm. anymore. But it'd be such a great like tease, you know. And do you give her the powers, or do you just give her the suit? I don't know. I don't know where they because go. she can make a suit that has the ability exactly, to have the exactly. Maybe because I think getting the powers would be a huge. Although she is next in line, mm. I believe. So I don't know if they go through the whole trials thing, but I mean, she would technically be next in line, I believe, if I'm understanding, you know, the whole lineage thing. Um, so it would make sense for her to be taking the mantle, um, and it'd be a really badass moment to see her show up in her own suit. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would love to see that, you know, I wouldn't mind them to introduce some new characters, you know, Miles would be really nice, you know, this would be your moment, but I don't know if you'd want to have two young Spider-Men running around. You've got Homecoming 2 coming out literally three months after. Unless they decide to keep Peter dead, (laughs) you know, I don't think that's going to happen. That's going to be interesting too, because they're going to... They're going to have to be advertising yeah. Homecoming too. I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, out. this might, I mean, unless they, unless they really like don't show anything until after the movie, this is going to kind of be bad marketing timing. Yeah. Because it's supposed to come out in like July. Yeah. So it's only a couple months. Mm-hmm. 
So, but yeah, because yeah, this is slated for May, correct? Mm-hmm. At the same time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Unless they. It is what it is. So, and like, if you don't know by this point that they're gonna come back, or you can't see that, you know. But that's just like when you're reading the fucking comics. And they start releasing the new issues, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, everything's fine. As long as they don't the spoil anything in the trailer, I'm okay with that. Like, because you get the solicitations, you know, okay, so and so's gonna live. But like, if you walked out of the theater thinking that Peter Parker's going to die, like stay dead, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some like average Joe out there, mm. audience member, who hasn't spent years reading comic books, who might be like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. You know, but, you know, and hey, like I said, that moment did get to me. I mean, that was a major moment. My God, you know, he can fucking act, man. What's it, Tom Holland? Holland, yeah. Yeah, he can act. Because he had that moment, too, in Homecoming, where he's, like, trapped underneath the rubble and everything. And he's, like, having to, like, he's kind of, like, calling for help. You know, that was just, like, totally, like, heartbreaking. You realize, oh, this is just a kid, you know, in a suit. This is, like, another great moment. (laughs) It's like, my God, they made a great casting choice with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he is he is Peter Parker. Um, it felt real. So, um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Where do you see it going? I definitely feel like it's going to be the Avengers rallying the troops. Um, you know, I mean, they're all over the place right now, but I feel like, you know, Tony will get back to Earth somehow. You know, they kept Nebula, you know, on the board for a reason. Um, I forgot about Nebula. Yeah, she's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. So, and she's definitely got, you know, <laughs> you know, something coming for Thanos. So, I definitely feel like, you know, she's going to be liked, part of the team um, and part of the mission. I definitely like the line that Thanos gave where it's like, yeah, she nearly killed me while she was on the ship. Mm-hmm. Like, she yeah. was on there yeah doing damage yeah definitely definitely and i thought that was a cool moment too like how she escaped and everything like that and how he was like torturing her Mm. um you know it made you like remember oh yeah this is a villain you know because he wasn't you know even though he was doing awful things you know it's almost made you feel i know he felt like sympathetic at points Mm. you know so um yeah i i feel like the team will rally together i feel like like I said, you're going to get that circle moment, you know, the Avengers all together, you know, maybe like everyone else goes down and it's just the Avengers standing against, you know, Thanos at the end. Um, and, you know, they're the two, they're the, the team that, you know, finally defeats him somehow. I do feel like, you know, you are going to have deaths still, you know, mm. deaths that are real. You know, I feel like, you know, how they've been kind of like, they, like I said before, I believe, you know, they had the, the whole parallel between, you know, Thanos, you know, saying, you know, basically willing to sacrifice half the universe to save the other half the universe. But then you have Captain America saying, you know, we leave no man behind. You know, we don't trade lives. Um, I feel like Cap is going to trade his life, you mm-hmm. know, for this mission. So um, I definitely feel like Captain, Captain America is going to be a goner in this movie, you know maybe tony too um you know it it seems very obvious that you know the one scenario that dr strange saw when he was going through the millions of scenarios was you know tony somehow you know coming up with how to defeat him um but yeah yeah um i'm curious to see what happens with hawkeye Mm. we know that you know he's in the ronin costume 
um, just from set photos. We know that he's rocking a mohawk <laughs> in this. I'm guessing what happens. And what I joked about last episode is that he does lose his family, um, you know, to like kind of push him over that edge. So I feel like we're going to see an interesting take on Hawkeye, a different Hawkeye. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm really, and they announced that now that they, I, and I don't know if they're just holding on to this information until now. I'm sure they are, but basically they've got these movies like even booked out further than what we originally thought. You know, it's like up to like I think they said like twenty, twenty four now. You know, they've got the new slate. They haven't announced. <laughs> Looking down at what year it is right yes, now. Yes, <laughs> they don't. They don't have. They haven't announced the titles or anything like no. that. But they kind of, you can see the schedule and you know, everything. I'd rather them have a significant plan that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I don't need things teased now at this point, mm. you know. I kind of, I'm fine with them actually making those announcements after Avengers 4. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that'd be awesome. Give me a new slate of like yes. what's coming, you know. Yes, um, I think that'd be great. So, um, what would you rate this movie overall? Um... You know, I when I left the theater, mm-hmm. I was at a four. But when I gave it more time to think about it and really like um, take in everything that came from this, because there was a lot. I mean, um, when I really started to think about it, I it raised up to a four point five. That is probably exactly what I would give this movie. <laughs> um, I feel like I need to see it again because mm-hmm. I literally sat there with my jaw like on the floor the entire time, <laughs> just absorbing everything or trying to absorb everything. So um, now that you know I've digested everything, I'd really like to see it again to see if it's as good as I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably four, four and a half. You know, four and a half stars. I would have to give it. It did not disappoint me. I can't think of a way that it let me down. So, and that's hard. That's hard to do. Because mm-hmm. you think about the build-up, you know, 10 years in the making, 18 movies, um, to not disappoint, any, like, any aspect of this film not to disappoint me, I mean, that's a huge build-up. Mm-hmm. So, but I walked out truly satisfied. And just amazed at the giant balls marvel has to pull this off <laughs> you know even though like you said we know that you know half the, most of these deaths are going to be reversed to let a you know moving going audience walk out of the theater with that being the last image that they see for a year you know until the next you know avengers movie it's pretty ballsy i mean you just had this major success in black panther yeah. And then you have Black Panther go, oh, we don't die here, and then disappears. <laughs> That's right. That's in it. Yeah. Right? It's just like, that was, it's just so many heart-wrenching moments there. Yes. Right? My God, I forget about that. Yeah. Like I said, I need to see the movie. <laughs> it might go up to a five. I don't know. <laughs> um, where would you rank this amongst Marvel movies? That's, I mean, that's a hard question. Because I feel like I do need to see this again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, too, because I don't know if this movie stands alone without the other movies. Yeah, I know. So I don't know if I can rank it as high as I would, say, like a Black Panther, just because, you know... This is clearly not a standalone film. No. And when people, like, ask me about this, I'm like, 
Like, if you're not very familiar with everything, this is definitely going to feel better once you've seen this and the next one. Yeah. It's not going to be just, like, see this movie and... Like, I feel like you could see this movie and be entertained by it. But I feel like it'll mean a lot more to you if you've seen, you know, most of Marvel's catalog, you know? Um, Which they've done very good for themselves. So I feel like the majority of people have seen a lot of the movies. But yeah, I feel like if you're not well-versed, you know, in the Marvel films, that, you know, it just won't go over as well. I mean, I think the fact that the reason this isn't a five for me at the moment is because I know that this is only half of the story. And I know, I mean, and they could have done better with the Black Order. And that's about, that's about it. Yeah, that's my only gripe is really the Black Order, you know. Um, you know, which I understand, though. I get it. I can mm. rationalize that. Um, you know, and I feel like there's actually time for the Black Order. I feel like he could just snap his fingers and they'll be back, you know. And the Black Order and the books have come back from death, you know. So, you know, because they all do end up dead at the end of this, right? Um, the Black Order? Pretty much, right? I don't know if they really... Sh- do they show everyone's death? Um, I think The one so. guy gets obliterated by the shield. I, I felt like two. Didn't... Um, What's-her-name get ob- obliterated by the shield, too? I think they used the shield twice. Maybe. Right? So, or did Scarlet Witch get her? Something... I, see, I have to see the movie again, obviously. <laughs> Black Widow interrupts. There was so it's, much going uh, on. My God. Um, but yeah, bravo. I mean, and we'll see where the story takes us. You know, hopefully four really can hold up to this. Mm. So, um, you know, will that hurt it? If four just, you know, shits the bed. Mm, of course. You know, so yeah. Because it is one story, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it being such a direct sequel, unless they go a completely different direction. I mean, it was shot back to back, so I mean, I'm hoping that I'll, it. Keeps... Yeah, because they're done. They're done, right? Mm-hmm. They're in. They're in post with this, which is crazy because it's a year out. But I mean, I'm sure they've got plenty to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm yeah, just excited cool. to see what Captain Marvel's going to look like. To be honest. Because we haven't gotten anything besides like set photos. No, right? I want to see what her powers are going to look like on screen. I. What a great way to really introduce her mm. to like the MCU. Back to back too, because I mean it's um, March, March, and then May. It's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, just like Black Panther. Almost, it is. But, yeah, pretty. But much. I think she's going to have a much more prominent role in the next film. Me, I see. I would hope so. The way they set it up too, that you know Nick Fury, mm. the one once he realizes what's going on, you know Captain Marvel is the character that he reaches out to. Yeah, right like away. after all the situations they've been in, this is the yeah. situ- like this is the end. What if all. it just like opens up with like you know a pile of dust and like a little beeper going off with the Captain? <laughs> she just you know she was, turned it to dust. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't know. Where the so. hell do you think she's been? Honestly, I think the beepers is a beeper to go back in time. So you think it's like a. You I think that's the gimmick to start the whole time travel. You feel like yeah, because I feel like she goes from the nineties to this present time. I feel like she's not been there. This that would make time. sense because we haven't seen her at all. No, you know, unless there's nothing she's in space. To it, there's nothing. You know, but you would think that the guardians would have had some kind of interaction. You know, with her or know of her, and maybe they do. 
you know, maybe they set up where she's been on some, you know, deep space mission or something like that. But you would think that Nick would be, you know, once he's setting up this team of Avengers, you know, <laughs> you're trying to get her to join, right? So maybe, maybe you're right. I mean, Ultron's like brain almost destroyed the world. And Nick didn't bother yeah. grabbing the pager, right? Exactly. Because that's what it looks like is pretty much a pager. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's cool, though. I, I, there's so many great, like, I mean, they could go any direction. That's what's great about the ending of this film is like, I don't really know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And everything we're going off of is like a few set photos that leaked out. And for all we know, those sneaky bastards, they might just be leaking out these things randomly anyway, you know, just to throw us off our scent, you know, their scent. So who knows at this point? I'm sure we'll talk about it in many episodes, but, you know, I mean. I like to look at Captain Marvel as a tie-in. <laughs> the movie, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really stoked for that movie, though. Mm. You know, I really, and I hope they knock it out of the park. Yeah, it can't be a miss, especially if it's leading into... Mm you know, part four. Do you, there are, I mean, not, there's more than rumors. There's more like, they're like fully on talking about, would you, do you want to see a Black Widow film? Yes. I'd be okay with that. I, I want it to be a small movie. I want it to be like a spy thriller, mm-hmm. but I, I would definitely be on board for that. You know, um, and it could, it could be like the Captain Marvel movie. It could take place in the past. I'd be okay Oh, with yeah. That. I mean, I feel like it would need to. Yeah. Or it, it could be like some kind of like espionage, like, you know, secret mission that like S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, even though they're technically, oh, I guess they are a thing in the show. Um, you know, like something that they send her on or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and just have it like as a one shot kind of film. Like, I don't want it to be a grand scale movie at all. You know, I want it to be a very standalone, very like, you know, spy, you know, Nore like kind of film. Why was Maria Hill with Nick Fury at that point? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. So, I guess we'd have to catch up. Well, Maria Hill he still be part of- was with Tony Stark last we yeah. saw in Age of Ultron. She was somehow working with them, you know. She's still not for part Stark, of Shield, but she's part of Stark Industries. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know exactly why, <laughs> but I mean, he's Nick Fury, so he knows yeah. whatever the fuck he wants, right? You know, who knows what Nick Fury's been up to, right? Because yeah. last time we saw him was Age of Ultron, right? Yes, because I don't think I don't think it's no Civil him. War. Did he show up in Civil War? Or no, he didn't show up in Civil War. Doesn't he... Because technically he's... Doesn't he die at the beginning of Civil War? No, that's um, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, damn. But then we find out that he's not really dead with Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because he pops up the first season. Yeah, in a Hawaiian shirt. Yes. So, um... yeah. Yeah, we'll have to track that. Let's <laughs> see where he's at. Um, do, do you think... Now... And this, once again, is pie in the sky. If you wanted to take some of the TV heroes and introduce them to the MCU, this would be the time to do it. I'd love to see Luke Cage show up. Like, he's one of the team that they have to assemble, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. just trying to, you know, go against Make the new Avengers. Right. How fun would that be? You don't need to have Iron Fist, though. No. (laughs) But, yeah. How cool would that be? That'd be if they wanted to use that, they could. You know, this would be a good time and place. It would make For sense. For all we know, Danny disappeared. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's fighting a dragon somewhere. Whatever. Oh, I meant like went to dust. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> do you think, and even if they don't show up in the Avengers, how do you think the TV side handles this? I don't, I feel like they, they just don't ignore it? it. Like Jessica Jones pretty much annoyed, like ignored the whole Avengers or Defenders, you know, story arc. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess they could just ignore it. I think the only one that might even consider, like, putting anything to it would be Daredevil. And, you know, those writers probably have no clue where they're going with it. Like, there's no way that they would let them know. You can easily so, say the story was happening during this time Yeah, period, or they'll just it. make some kind of, like, after 4 comes out, they can make some kind of, like, off-the-cuff, like, comment about, you know. Usually, Remember that time where everyone turned to dust, you know? Um, or just, you know, Agents everyone's... of S.H.I.E.L.D. might... <laughs> Play around with it. Well, they, they like to... apparently made mention of a spaceship um, in New York City um, during one of their episodes just recently. And that was it. You know, like, oh, I can't watch the news. Like, have you seen that shit that's happening on the news? You know, there's a spaceship in New York City. And, like, you know, Quake is like, I can't. You know, I don't pay attention to the news. So they're dealing with their whole. I need other... to catch back up. I do too, because I actually enjoyed last season. I have no idea what's going on with this this past season, you know. But I heard it's decent. Hmm. So, um, but that'd be another. I mean, I feel like if any show is going to like be involved with the Avengers, you know, or make the jump into like the MCU, it would really be Agents of Shield, where you could have you know Coulson hmm. or you know, oh, does Coulson Agent show May. up in four? That'd be cool. I don't know, though, that you've got to spend a decent amount of time explaining to the rest of the Avengers why he's alive. <laughs> you know? I don't think they know yet. No. But so. it'd be funny. It just I seems mean, like such a missed opportunity, you know? At least have some type of interaction between him and um, Captain America before Captain America dies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you think they're going to give that interaction to Coulson before he dies? Well, not like right before he dies. Okay. I'm saying like, you know. Give him a moment. Yes. Before they kill him in front of him. Um, (laughs) It would be, especially since Coulson's going to be in Captain Marvel. We Mm -hmm. know that, you know. I mean, it's obviously in the past, but it'd be nice to see him, you know, come back in the fold. I feel like him and Quake would fit in in the MCU. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they would make most sense. Mm -hmm. You know, could I see Daredevil? You know, will we finally get our alley scene or, you know, the battle, you know, just a brief glimpse of them. All you need. You know, that's all you <laughs> needed. Like literally three seconds and everyone would have been satisfied. Like, holy shit, look at this. You know, that'd be awesome. You know, just a great little Easter egg. Um, They don't even have to make mention of it. You know, just be a camera, you know, panning past an alley mm-hmm. and that's it. But the crowd reaction would be amazing. Oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) We want to talk about nerdgasms. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, they could use this part four as a way to bring them in the fold. I doubt it, but... Did anyone lose their arm in this one? Rocket wanted to steal uh, Bucky's arm, but... (laughs) I'm trying to think. There's supposed to be one, like, hand removal per film. Not that I can recall, mm. but I have to watch. I have to rewatch it. So yeah, I have to look at it again. Yeah. The one thing I want to point out is I could definitely see in part four it being Thanos who defeats himself. Um, just 
living with the guilt of losing Gamora and everything like that. Like that's like the one thing like subconsciously that kind of gets him to pause for a second. And, you know, the heroes are able to like pounce. You know, mm. I feel like it'll be just him just subconsciously like defeating, you know, himself. Yeah, I definitely see that. Because uh, especially mostly from that moment that we get where he sees Gamora after um, snapping his fingers. Mm-hmm. After he goes through a weird teleportation portal. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that, right? I was like, what just happened? Um, But yeah, yeah, I feel like he's in the Soul Stone. I'm not sure if that's exactly where he's supposed to be, but I feel like that's where he's at. You know, and just the the whole moment where, you know, you know, what did it cost? And he's, you know, says everything. So, you know, it weighs heavy on him Mm. still. So I could definitely see that being his undoing, you know. And in the books, that's, you know, he's gotten, like, he's been victorious before. And he basically defeats himself, you know. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route. I can understand that, but I also would like to see a more, I guess, heroic, like the heroes win type of scenario. I think it would still be like you know, like I said, it'd just be like he pauses just for a second, like you know, for some reason he has like a memory of her or something, mm-hmm. and then like that's how they you know get the gauntlet off of him or something, you know. You know, I'm not a writer, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But it just, it feels like it's being set up that way. Yeah. You know, so, but uh, that's going to do it. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, we got a lot more coming up to next week and the next week and the next week because this is the Amazing Nerd Show and we go on and on. <laughs> Damn straight. And it is almost one o'clock in the morning again, Christian. We've got to do these things earlier. <laughs> so if we sound a little tired, that is why. Um, but we do it for all of you. Yes. All right. That's going to do it for this week. Um, make sure that you're following us everywhere that you just heard all those podcasts. We're there too, man. We are on each and every single platform. We're on Podbean, um, Spreaker, um, Player FM. I remembered it this time. Wow. Bravo. Um, but I'm not remembering the others now. Um, iHeart. Did you say Spotify? Uh, no, Spotify. That's right. Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, Did you say iTunes? iTunes. Yeah, that's a given, right? No, not always. <laughs> Still plug it, asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you can find us on all those, all your favorite uh, podcast apps and places to yeah, listen subscribe, to. Subscribe, rate, and review, please. Yes, we, uh, we they kind of live off of them. I mean, we do appreciate them a lot. We appreciate them. Yes, definitely. I don't, I don't I mean, you know, it doesn't feed me. Huh? Uh, no. <laughs> no, we actually have jobs. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Our main hub is um, Twitter. If you want to get in contact with us, uh, that is where you can find all of our information, all of our, like where we're advertising the most, where we're on the most, the way we communicate the most with the community. That's right. Uh, but we're also on Instagram and Facebook. Exactly. Uh, Facebook's just growing and growing. We're having fun with those guys. Make sure that you're on there as well, getting all of our information from there. Um, our memes, our jokes, our good times. Yes. Yes, um, and we <laughs> offer something different on both, you know, yes. uh, formats. So definitely Very give us a so. follow. We're definitely worthy of it. So we we'll make it worth your while. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to be it. Do we have yeah, anything um, else to plug? Twelve well, ounce radio. We do have to plug twelve ounce, but we also have to remind everyone to check out our house DJ. That's right, Greg Brubner. Go ahead, follow him on SoundCloud. Yep. Um, he's also on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. So I believe he's on Facebook and uh, Twitter yes. too. I believe. I could be wrong about oh, Twitter. Instagram. Well, I just said Instagram. Oh, well, we have... <laughs> you said Facebook. No, I said Instagram first. Okay, whatever. What the... <laughs> <laughs> and 
And for it, all of our... Maybe uh, it's 1 o'clock in the morning again. Yeah, whatever. Also, a shout-out to Them Guilty Aces, yes. who's providing the music you're listening to right now. Uh, local Chicago band, great rockabilly music. Uh, go ahead, give them a follow on iTunes. Um, they've got some free stuff on their website, too, and they've got some videos on YouTube. All right. That's going to do it for this show. I'm Christian. And I'm Damon. And that was The Amazing Nerd Show. Damn straight. No, no, you're still holding on. Let go.